You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Wednesday, November 16th, 2022. We're coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. And my name is JJ Jackson, proudly serving as the host of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. On the program with me today, I've got Cam Berry, Brant Daughtry, and Drew Behenna here in studio. We've got tons to discuss here on the show today as we continue to move forward through the week. We've got an Auburn football game against Western Kentucky to break down on Saturday. Auburn's still looking for their next head football coach. Men's basketball, a really impressive performance last night and their win over Winthrop. We've got a hump day update a little bit later. Birthdays in sports, a nightly TV guide. Just so much fun set to be had here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. If you want to be a part of the program, all you have to do is dial 334-887-3401. And next thing you know, you're all a part of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Cam Barry, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Uh, just a good, nice, uh, relaxing Wednesday. Um, ready to watch some Hogs basketball tonight. Um, Auburn basketball got the win last night. They so. beat the Bucks a couple of times yeah, this season, man. Yeah, we've we're, they've They're the only Milwaukee lost three Slayer yeah, so far. <laughs> well, they've only lost three games, and uh, they've lost to the Hawks twice of uh, two of those. So yeah, and uh, play the Celtics tonight. So excited to watch that game, and and no Malcolm Brogdon or Marcus Smart for them. So uh, hopefully it'll be a a pretty uh, solid and easy win just because they don't have, you know, two of their best perimeter defenders. Um, so, yeah, excited for to talk about a little bit of Auburn basketball and talk about the win and, and how that went. Drew, how are you, sir? Doing very well. Happy to be back on. Um, looking forward to women's basketball tonight as well. Got a big game against Georgia Tech. Yes, they do. Um, excited to see their 2-0. and um, I didn't catch the last game. I was just looking at the score sheet against right. South Alabama was a, about a 10-point game, if I'm not mistaken. So this is going to be a big test for yeah. Auburn right now. A big win for Auburn against Georgia Tech last year in Atlanta. And now the Yellow Jackets have the return trip tonight to Neville Arena. You can listen to that game starting at 7 o'clock with tip-off at 7 on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. Britt Bowen alongside Dr. Larry Deshera for coverage of that one. Brant Daughtry, talk to me, brother. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. Uh, like everybody else here, I watched the basketball game last night. Uh, had a great time doing that. It was probably the best that Auburn basketball has looked so far this oh, year. Yeah. Best uh, best shooting day by far, and uh, uh, hopefully that uh, that keeps up. You know, we, we've talked about it. This team may not be the best three-point shooting team ever, but their defense is going to show up night in and night out. So whenever that shooting does show up, you're going to beat the snot out of people, uh, mm-hmm. and that showed up last night. And uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, the rest of 
the rest of the basketball season. Women basketball uh, playing Georgia Tech tonight. That'll be a big one. I believe it was uh, last year. It was Georgia Tech, right? That they, they beat a top five team earlier in early in the season, and it was Georgia Tech in yeah. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So then they uh, went on to beat Tennessee yep, as well. Right, right. Uh, so a, a big big game tonight. You know, Georgia Tech's a pretty good program, and uh, getting a win over them would be a, a big deal for Auburn women's basketball. But uh, happy to be here, uh, having a wonderful Wednesday, um, and yeah, just just. Just going. Where are just, the airplanes just today, motoring. Uh, <laughs> I noticed in, that. <laughs> in in twenty AU is back in Auburn. Okay. Interestingly, have you been? Wa- how long have you been watching airplanes, Brant? Uh, so that's actually an interesting story. In ten AU is currently in Huntsville. It's on the ground in Huntsville. Don't know what it's doing there. Don't have any. Don't have any. Uh, any a, a conspiracy theories with that one, I guess. But um, so this, maybe the nursing school is doing something. Maybe you I don't know. know. Yeah, they use that plane for more for than just multiple, coaching searches. It's not just athletics. Yeah, yeah. that's important to remind folks. For, yeah. yeah, so it yes, while it was on the ground in Memphis yesterday, right. does not mean that something <laughs> was happening with coaching, <laughs> right. even though I'm going to choose to believe that's what it was. Sure. Uh, so what's interesting is for most, a little background here, and I, I had to learn this last night. My dad told me all this because my dad loves planes. He, he has his pilot's license, all that good stuff. Uh there used to be this app well there still is there's an app called flight aware and flight aware is what people usually track airplanes through but stuff that is affiliated with big time programs like a university jet they can they can go to flight aware and say hey don't track us and by oh. order of the university flight aware has to go okay we're not going to keep track of that and i believe it's because flight aware tracks off of flight records mm-hmm a new technology that's being ar- being uh, used now is something called an ADSB. I don't know what that stands for, but every plane has it. I think every plane has it. And now those are much harder to cover up than um, than flight records. And those things track planes in real time. So while it's in the air, you can see where it is in the air. And I don't think you could do that with FlightAware. You could just say, "Hey, this plane started here and it's going to land here." Um, so that that's what I'm looking at right now is ADSB. Uh, and in 10 AU and in 20 AU, Auburn's two university planes are both tracked on ADSB. But again, the university is a large yeah. It's not body again that needs to do multiple different things. It is not all coaching search related. Yeah, I'm this sure this is not the Dallas Cowboys, right? Because that's the other thing with these big planes, NFL franchises, professional sports teams. They've got their own planes dedicated yeah to their like. Okay, I know that if I see. You know, if you see that star it, somewhere right. in that's related North to Dakota. football. Yeah. That's related to football. If you see that AU somewhere, who the hell knows what they could be getting up to? You know, because Auburn University still prides itself on being one of the top institutions in the country. And uh, yeah, business needs to be done academically as well. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine. Uh all the so basically yesterday we had some um planes in memphis and folks wanted to see if that could be some kiffin uh, magic taking place and i'm believing that it is yeah, so how long i have you, no proof to that, how long but, have you been tracking planes uh plane tracking during coaching searches has been going on so, well i mean that's how it that's I'm how Jetgate happened hey, you know you that's like early though. me in particular probably since i learned what it was and <laughs> probably 2013 was the first time i heard of it when auburn hired Malzahn. there you Fair go enough. there you go all right before we move forward with the program let's celebrate our birthdays today 
It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. All right, Birthdays in Sports here today on November 16th, 2022. Brought to you by Max Credit Union. Max Credit Union's got two convenient locations in the area to help serve you. Max Credit Union, the proud presenting sponsor of Birthdays in Sports. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. is turning 27 years old. NFL running back for the Miami Dolphins. Played four years of college football at North Texas. Second Team All-Conference USA in 2017. Signed with the 49ers as an undrafted free agent. And then played with them until being traded to the Dolphins in the middle of the 2022 season. Weeks ago, just days ago at this point. (coughs) Jeff Wilson Jr. changed homes. Now he plays for the Dolphins. And he's already scoring touchdowns for Miami. He's 27 years old today. Yeah, he looks like he might be the one in Miami. Could be a fantasy league winner. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Could be. Uh, Jason Sanders is turning 27, the NFL kicker for the Miami Dolphins. There's teammates both celebrating their 27th birthday. He played four years of college football at New Mexico, drafted 229th overall in the seventh round of the 2018 NFL draft by the Dolphins, and has played with them for his entire career. First team all pro back in 2020. Jason Sanders has been an excellent NFL kicker so far. I'd like to think that him and Jeff Wilson Jr. having a party together tonight. Yeah, that's a good way to think of it. I would agree. Turning the same age, playing for the same team. Exactly. Celebrating the wins that they keep having. Yeah, yeah good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Amari Stoudemire is turning 40. Holy cow. Uh, oh my former gosh. NBA power forward and center drafted out of high school where he was Florida Mr. Basketball in 2002. Ninth overall pick in the 2002 NBA draft by the Phoenix Suns. Also played for the Knicks, Mavericks, and Heat. The NBA Rookie of the Year and a six-time All-Star, Amari Stoudemire, turns 40. What did you like about Amari Stoudemire? Defense. The goggles? Very, yeah, the goggles. goggles. <laughs> Just, I mean, I'm thinking about like who... who would be I a good comparison his, for him today as a player, I, I, just play style. The, the memories yeah. of his chemistry with uh, Steve yeah, Nash Steve out Nash. there on the floor. Yeah. It's like you got Nash and Stoudemire doing things. Different. They're going to get the job done for sure. Son's team was 40 tough. years old. I can't Amari Stoudemire. 40. <laughs> wow. Uh, Bobol is turning 23 NBA center and power forward for the Orlando Magic. Played one season of college basketball at Oregon. Drafted 44th overall in the second round of the 2019 NBA Draft by the Heat, but was traded to the Nuggets on draft night. He is the son of former NBA star Manute Bull. Bull Bull is turning 23 years old, and he's being a, a really productive player this season for the Orlando Magic. Yeah, starting to come into his own, uh, getting substantial minutes with the Magic. Um, and yeah, he's, he's showing out, showing you know his length his ability to handle the ball at his size um is just insane and yeah he's he's really playing well that and size you mentioned seven foot two he's really tall he's <laughs> seven two and uh, Th- that's what i know about bobo yeah is that he's massive massive he's put on some good weight this year as well which has certainly helped 23 years old today is Bobo. Denzel Valentine is turning 27, or 29, excuse me, NBA G League shooting guard for the Maine Celtics. Played four years of college basketball at Michigan State. AP Player of the Year in 2016. Big Ten Player of the Year that season as well. He was drafted 14th overall by the Chicago Bulls. Also played for the Cavaliers and Jazz in his NBA career. Still going at it. Denzel Valentine, big jump shot turning 29 years old today.
And then finally, Dwight Gooden is celebrating his 58th birthday. The former MLB pitcher drafted out of high school in the 1982 MLB draft with the fifth overall pick by the Mets. Made his debut in 1984. Also played for the Yankees, Indians, Astros, and Devil Rays. Four-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, NL Cy Young Award winner in 1985, and is a member of the New York Mets Hall of Fame. Dwight Gooden, one of the all-time greats. Doc was his nickname. He turns 58 years old. That's Birthdays in Sports here today on November 16th. Jeff Wilson Jr., Jason Sanders, Amari Stoudemire, Bobol, Denzel Valentine, and Dwight Gooden are all celebrating their birthdays. Birthdays in Sports brought to you by Max Credit Union. Two locations to serve you. One in Auburn on Gay Street and one in Opelika on Frederick Road. That's Birthdays in Sports here today, November 16th, 2022. And if it is your birthday, happy birthday to you. You know, we mentioned Denzel Valentine celebrating his birthday today. Star for Michigan State for four years. One of their top players all time. Really, really decorated Spartan. And what a basketball game we saw last night oh my between gosh. Kentucky and Michigan State in the Champions Classic. Double <laughs> overtime. Brad's face. I didn't watch. And a big, big win for uh, for Michigan State over Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, you guys talk about this. I did not watch because <sighs> unless Auburn's playing, I don't really watch basketball. Absolutely great game. <laughs> Double overtime. Tom Izzo just coaches for these types of situations. Um, I mean – and just Michigan State's an extremely well-coached team. Um, and once you got Oscar Sheboy out of there for Kentucky, it was kind of, you know, you, you were able to kind of put your foot on the gas. And, yeah. and, and uh, uh, Michigan State ended up taking over. Gonzaga had a two-point loss to – or excuse me, Michigan State had a two-point loss to Gonzaga on Friday yeah. on the aircraft carrier. And then they absolutely showed up. Uh, against number four Kentucky, you you see the rankings and Michigan State is not there, but That's that is still definitely an change. incredible program Historic that will program. change. National championship program, multiple trips to the Final Four year in and year out, and uh, yeah, Tom Izzo knows what he's doing. And then uh, a good back and forth game last night as well between uh, Duke and Kansas in the Champions Classic. So fun preseason events, big games are going to continue to come our way over the next few weeks as these tournaments get started and uh, should be a whole lot of fun, that's for sure. Let's take our first time out of the show. James from Montgomery is next here on Sports Call. Do you want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. All right, back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson here inside the studio with my good pals, Brant Daughtry, Cam Berry, and Drew Behenna. Uh, Brant Daughtry loves every single thing in the world related to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Correct. Big time fan of the Sports Call podcast. Very much. Is Brant Daughtry. Love it. And it's sponsored by our friends at Coca-Cola. Love that too. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure that you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcast and join Ice Cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk, Coca-Cola. Taste the feeling. I'm a cherry Coke guy. 
Good choice. I like Jerry Coke a lot. Uh, All right, fellas, let's take some phone calls. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 Up first today, we've got... James from Montgomery. James has called into Sports Call here today. Hello, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle, sir. Yeah, I know that the ladies, I know they're going to have a big game tonight against... against Georgia Tech, and I know this game is going to be a classic one. As that, at, at that, yes. As well, no, no, yeah, you're exactly right about that. They had a good matchup last season, and uh, they're going to get another one here today. Yeah, so I hope that the ladies actually pull this one out very, very well. And I know this one is going to be a little twist for today because I know I was reading on the Auburn Athletics app that tonight's game against. Georgia Tech is actually for all of the Auburn fans to actually show up in Neville Arena wearing their pajamas as well, just to bring back the old school uh, flavor that happened. Yeah, it's at, like a uh, Spirit Day theme. They're they're bringing some good spirit. Yeah, so it's uh, I think they're calling it Rec Tech against Georgia Tech tonight, and it's gonna be. Um, I wish I was there for that one, but I think this one is going to actually be like, you know, people, when they actually tune in to this game, people are going to be like, uh, don't they supposed to be in bed by 7.30 or 7 o'clock or something? No, this is our tradition. I mean, it's a tradition that stands to the test of time. It's been done in football, and now it's going to be done in basketball as well. You guys have any special pajama pants that you um, love? Yeah, the- well, I actually, I do. I actually have some Auburn pajama pants that I always wear when Auburn is actually playing a game. And I'm Falcons actually ones. Falcons pajama mm, yeah. pants are your go-to, Cam. Yeah, I'm just a plaid guy. Plaid pajama pants. That's a I, good. That's I a have good some, move. I have some Auburn plaid. Actually, I have some Auburn plaid pajama War pants. War Eagle to that. War Eagle. Yeah, so it's, uh, I think the girl, I think the ladies, I think they're going to win this one, and it's going to be a big, big game tonight. So I think this one is going to be a blowout. So I will have to say the final score for this game would be one hundred five to ninety nine. Wow! Yeah, I don't know that that would necessarily be a blowout. That would just be a a six point victory for Auburn. What about one hundred five to sixty two? Man, that would be a dominant win. Yes. That one will be a really good one at that because, I mean, for Georgia Tech, I mean, coming to Neville Arena, I mean, it's a brand-new arena that we just added. And I know it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be a, a a loud environment for Georgia Tech fans to actually, you know, you know, they're, I mean, it's Georgia Tech, so I think they're not going to win in their basketball. But if it was football, then it would have been a different, it would have been like a different uh, turnover, a uh, turnaround for that one as well. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Anything else on your mind, James? Well, yes, I'm actually going to be um, listening to this game on my phone and seeing if we're going to make a good win. If we do, then I'll just uh, tweet them and uh, congratulate the ladies on a big win. That's right. And then the men's basketball team, Auburn men's basketball, they beat Winthrop last night. They had a very good win. Bruce Pearl was really happy after the game. Yes, I actually did uh, see some highlights from that game, and they actually went to Cancun and actually uh, pulled out a big win for Auburn, and I hope that we make it to the Final Four uh, this year 
um, in March. So I think that would be a really good matchup as well when that time comes for the Auburn men's basketball program as well. James, what's your favorite thing about Bruce Pearl? Well, his um, well, the first thing about it is his recruiting. How well he recruits. Um, great players that come to Auburn as well because I think when you look at some of these uh, young men and young ladies that are coming to Auburn, it's just not about the sports that we actually have or the um, it, it's more than that. So you'll just take sports out of the equation and when, when most um, high school students uh, take a take a walk through uh, Auburn University. They're they're looking at some some great legends that actually played at a great institution like Auburn University as well. So sure. I can name so I can name a lot of uh, great players that actually played in so many great sports at Auburn as well. Who are your favorite Auburn men's basketball players of all time? Um, I would have to say Charles Barkley. Uh, oh, uh, Sunny, uh, uh, Sunny uh, Day, the, the the former head coach of the men's uh, basketball team. If I'm saying his name correctly, Sunny Smith. Yes, Sunny Smith. Um, who else? Uh, Walker Kessler, Jamari Jamari um, Smith, Jabari Smith. Uh, yeah, Jabari Smith. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, it, it's it's a big list to name in the men's. Um, bracket as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a bunch of there are a lot of uh, really great Auburn basketball players. A lot of them have come through in recent years, and uh, you know, like you said, Bruce Pearl's recruiting has gotten a lot of those kids to Auburn. Yes, as well. And then plus, with that being said, we do have in uh, in the brand new Neville Arena, we do have the history of our of our great university. We have a lot of different things that we've done over the years, like, um, you know, seeing the uh, first time that Auburn actually ever played uh, the first um, game over in Havana, Cuba, and we do have a plate to uh, commemorate that in the Broccoli Bowl. That was one of the best games ever in Auburn football program history, and that one was a really good game, actually, as well. Yeah, that was uh, I believe that was Auburn's first bowl game that they ever played in in uh, Havana, Cuba. That was a a long, long time ago, James. The 1930s, I want to say, somewhere <laughs> way far back. Yes, it, and actually, I think yes, that is in the in the 1930s as well. And most of the people that want to uh, highlight that game and look at old videos from that game, you can uh, look at it on um, on YouTube. All you have to do is. Um, put in um, Auburn and Villanova and watch that game as well. And it was one of the um, games that was staying to the test of time. And with uh, other games right after that, like you had Auburn and Georgia Tech, Auburn and Florida, Auburn and Tennessee, Auburn and Texas, Auburn and Alabama, Auburn and uh, Mississippi State, uh, Auburn and Texas A&M, Auburn and Western Kentucky, Auburn and, and – um, you know, Florida State, Auburn, and Oregon, and, and the list goes on and on in the historic uh, rivalries that we have played over the years. And so many coaches have been uh, coaching on the on the beautiful sideline of uh, Jordan-Hare Stadium as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Bacardi Bowl was in 1937 in Havana. That's that was a Auburn's first bowl game. Played against Villanova. You're right. Yes, and then that one was um, actually the winner will get a um, plate of broccoli. So that's where it was actually uh, awarded to the winner of that uh, Bacardi Bowl as well. Absolutely. Well, uh, anything else on your mind today, James? Well, I'm actually uh, going to be looking at some uh, college football tonight and um, seeing who's going to punch their ticket into uh, the Camellia Bowl. So it's down to four teams tonight as well. So it's Eastern Michigan and uh, Miami, Ohio would um, punch their ticket in uh, to tonight's uh, bowl game in uh, Montgomery as well. So I'm going to be watching those games as well and seeing some other games uh, for tonight as well. Yeah, so uh, uh, go ahead and run through those games for us again, James, if you if you have them with you. Um, well, tonight on Wednesday night, they have uh, Eastern Michigan and uh, Miami, Ohio. So those two will be playing um, right now. They'll be playing in a few minutes from from now, they'll be playing later on tonight. So I have Eastern Michigan punching their ticket into the Camellia Bowl, and I have other games I'm going to be watching as well. All right, that sounds like a great time. Love, uh, I love some of those uh, mid-major college football games, guys. Guys, where Max, the yeah, Maxion's great. Uh, Maxion was insane last you night. You see that uh, Toledo game? Yeah, yeah. There was uh, one, one on seconds a, left. One on a last-second touchdown. Maxion, Maxion never disappoints. Yes, as well, because I think with Toledo, they're thinking of looking like a little bit better than what they did last year. So I think Toledo and Eastern Michigan might meet up again in the Camellia Bowl um, once again as well. So I see those two teams actually um, making it as well. All right. Hey, James, I have a question for you. Who do you want to see as Auburn's next head coach? Um. Oh, yes. Great question. I was going to get to that until tomorrow, but I can actually tell you Um. I would say I would like to see our next head coach for 2023. I would have to say the head coach from Vanderbilt. Really? You're a, you're a Clark Lee fan? Yeah, so I will, I will see Clark Lee actually coaching the Auburn Tigers and actually bringing a lot of um, a lot of good recruiting to Auburn as well because his recruiting is very very well as well. Yeah, you know uh, Clark Lee actually started out at where well, he didn't start there, but before he was at Vanderbilt, he was actually at UAB, so he's got some some local ties as well. Yes, as well, and with uh, Clark Lee, and I will have to say for my next choice, if that doesn't come out to the light, I will say. Our uh, former Auburn head coach at the time, Gus Malzahn, that plays for Central Florida. I would like to see him come back as well. You'd like to see Gus Malzahn come back? What do you think about Lane Kiffin? Um, Lane Kiffin. From um, Olmos. I mean, from the last time I seen Lane Kiffin uh, coach, um, I wouldn't say he would be a good fit for Auburn because he has – uh, Alabama ties to Nick Saban, so that wouldn't be a no for me. That's fair. Yeah, so it's it's. I mean, most of the people that are thinking that Lane Kiffin would make good observation to come to Auburn, but with Auburn and Alabama head coach with Lane Kiffin meeting up with his, um, you know, with his former 
um, boss, I mean, that would be a good fit, but I'll just have to pass on that one. That would be a hard pass on me for for Lane Kiffin to come to Auburn as well. Well, James, before we let you get out of here and before we move forward, I, I know you said yesterday that you had a funny story to share with us. Remember you said you were going to tell us something funny. Oh, yes, I actually do. So we're ready well, to laugh. Tell us something funny. Okay, well, this one actually was actually when I actually saw my first Auburn football game against Alabama State, and this one was actually in 2018. And this was a pretty good matchup between Auburn and Alabama State. And I know I was looking uh, – I was actually watching that game in person, and I know one of the – players that used to play for Auburn actually knocked the helmet right off of one of the Alabama State players, and it stuck with me to this day. I mean, I've seen it, um, you know, when they do, like, a lot of, um, like, you know, history, like the highlights of different games that Auburn actually played through, that one actually sticks out to me the most as well. And that one was a blowout. That was a 62-0 to zero lead against uh, Alabama State, and Alabama State lost that game 62 to nothing to Auburn in Jordan-Hare Stadium as well. So you just saw someone's helmet fall off? Mm-hmm. And that made you laugh? Heart. Yes, it, it really did because I would love to actually see that happen again if we play uh, next weekend against Alabama State. I mean, against the University of Alabama for the for the Iron Bowl as well. I would love to see that actually happen once again. What did your laugh sound like? Hmm? What did your laugh sound like? Oh, it was just something that I couldn't—I I just could not remember. Was it a deep laugh? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was something really deep. There I mean, you go. It was really, really deep. There because, you go. You, you know, I love to see you know a lot. I of love hard laughing. Hitting. Yeah, because I love to see a lot of hard hits in the, yeah. in the college. Football. And you know, they say laughing is good for your heart. Laughing is the best medicine. Oh yes, it is. It is indeed. And with my team, with my uh, G League team, we're actually playing the game tonight. We are playing in Mexico City, Mexico tonight as well with the Texas Legends. So they play tonight on uh, YouTube. Uh, there you go. All on right. Watch well, as well, James, we got to let you go today, okay? All right. Sounds good. And I'll talk to you all tomorrow. War all Eagle. right. War Eagle. That's our good pal, James from Montgomery. Joining us there on the program, a funny story indeed, a great laugh as well. We'll take our next break. When we come back, retired Ordam Steve joins the program coming up next here on Sports Call. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Like us on Facebook at SportsCallAU. Hey, welcome back to Sports Call. 
Brant Daughtry, Cam Berry, Drew Bahena in the studio. J.J. Jackson has to step out. Company business, I believe, is what we usually refer to it as. But that's fine, because we're going to keep this thing rolling. We're good at that. We've had to adjust to this. J.J. has stepped out on us before. We've all hosted the show. Or, well, I've hosted the show. Cam, have you hosted the show ever? I have not. Ah. Soon enough. Eh, maybe one day. But I've hosted the show, so I'm going to be hosting the show for uh, for the time being. But uh, good news is we don't have to work very hard to host this show sometimes because we get callers. We get wonderful callers like you. Call into the Sports Call phone line, 334-887-3401, or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Up next on the Auburn Bank phone line, we have... Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve joins us on the phone line now. Steve, how are you today? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Good to hear you guys. I'm doing fine. Uh, uh, Brent, um, I know you're on the air. Who else is there now, Dave? We've got uh, Cam Barry and our intern, Drew Bahena. Okay, Cam and Drew. Good afternoon, guys. What's going on, Steve? How's it going? Oh, it's, uh, it's going good. Uh, last night, I finally got to see Auburn basketball the way I was hoping to see basketball being played by this Auburn team. The way it was uh, what intended. Was what was your takeaways? Uh, I think the sh- I mean the, the thing that immediately jumps out at you is the shooting. The shooting was finally uh, what you want it to be. I think it's a little bit better than what we can expect on a night-to-night basis, but the shots were finally falling, uh, and that's something this Auburn team has needed for a little while now is just to see the shots go in consistently. Uh, I, think, I don't think we're going to see shooting performances like that for the entire year, but hopefully they are closer to that than what we've seen for the first couple of games. Yeah, I agree. Uh, defensively, uh, they were – uh, much, much, much better performing and executing. Um, Mr. Broom, um, double-double, right? Yes. Yeah, Janai Broom, I think he had, what, 14 and 12? Uh, uh, something yeah. like that. Eight, uh, excuse me, 18 and 13. 18 and 13, so a, a good day for him. His ankle certainly looked like he was feeling better, so uh, hopefully he can continue to improve as that heals up. And five blocks. And- and how about Mr. Wendell Green? He was going crazy last night. Yes. Yeah. Great Absolutely. timely shooting. Um, he he shot the best from three out of everybody. Four for six. Excuse me. Yeah, we, Four for we six. We did improve. We did improve on three-point shooting last night. I think it was like 38 or 39%. Yes, 39.1%. To step up from gosh what, almighty. 25? Thank yeah. goodness. Oh, my the, gosh. The, Substantially thank goodness, better. Well, thank goodness the game was you know out of hand because our free throw shooting was a paltry 60%. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know they they do practice free throws during uh, the week, don't they? Yeah, I, I would assume that they do. Yeah, free throws have definitely been a struggle so far, um, and and you know hopefully the as the season goes on, uh, those will progress to be to get better. Um, Yoan Trier went to the line eight times, so we can kind of I'd kind of surmise that he's going to get fouled a lot on the inside, and and so he's going to have to work on the on those free throws. Um, you know, he he hit four for eight, and we, we kind of want to see you know. Seven for eight, maybe six for eight, just just a little bit, a little bit better. Um, but yeah, overall the, the free throw shooting is definitely a, a concern, and hopefully, as you know, as the season goes on, that that improves. Well, educate me here, guys, because you know I'm, I was horrible when I was growing up in basketball. But is this a skill that can actually you know be improved on, or you're stuck with what you've got? Oh no! Wait, you, you shooting? Can, yeah, you no, yeah. You can absolutely shooting, get better at shooting. You can absolutely improve in free well, throw well, shooting. I know it's practice a, makes perfect, but if you practice the wrong way, you keep practicing the wrong way. True, true. It it is about it is about repetition and finding the right form that fits for you, um, and that's just kind of what it comes down to. It's, it's free throw shooting. It's also about nerves as well. Um, 
you can kind of see with Wendell, he has the same exact same exact routine that he does every single time. And well, he he's takes our, a deep breath. And yeah, he takes a deep breath. He does that he, shoulder he shrug. He does the shoulder shrug and then he takes a slight step to the left. Um and and every single time you know, he's our most consistent free throw shooter. He's our best free throw shooter um, on the team, and that's what it's about. It's just about repetition and and practice. So uh, my my take is we have three, uh, the top three best uh, free throw shooters. Tell me if you disagree. That's Wendell and then Allen and Katie Johnson. I'd, I'd say of, of Auburn's roster, those are for sure the best three. Okay, so could they possibly be learning anything from those three guys? You know, watch them. And uh, I mean, surely uh, I know the, the assistant coaches must be uh, aware of all this. And I, I've seen. I mean, the last game we were, I think, it was sixty-three percent shooting as free throw. Now we're down to sixty percent. Steve, it's I, I, I promise. It, it, if you're six foot eleven, yeah. Janai Broom. There's not a whole lot that five foot ten Wendell Green can teach you about shooting, because I mean that's just the form it's is just different. different. It's different, you know. You and know? I look, I don't claim to be an, an expert on basketball, but I listen to the people who are. Bruce Pearl knows a lot about basketball. I promise you, they're working on this, and they're working on this in ways that Bruce Pearl believes works. And if it just doesn't happen, it just doesn't happen. I mean, I, I you know, you practice stuff like this. I promise they're practicing it. But, I mean, even in the past, Auburn's never been a relatively amazing free-throw shooting team um, in general, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, these guys are not you know, walk-ons. No. Uh, and I would thought by now from high school uh, they would have, you know, made some progress at the free-throw line, but uh, most of them are going, are going you know, 50-50. Steve, the there, are, there are 15-year NBA veterans that can't shoot free-throws well. It just – some guys have it, some guys don't. That okay. And, All right. What you got, Drew? What you got, Drew? Well, Drew's got something for you. Well, I was just gonna say six. We I'm looking at it right now. We shot twelve for twenty from the line, and six of those eight misses came from uh, Dylan Cardwell and Yoan Treor. So, I mean, your big men are never, unless it's a rare exception, right. gonna shoot at that good of a clip. I mean, you don't want to say you're okay with fifty percent because you should be making more than that, but. You'll take okay. it. Yeah. Now, now, wait a minute, guys. You gave me some good stats. How about these stats? Last last year, one of our better free throw shooters was Jabari Smith, was he not? Jabari yeah, Smith is the yeah. exception. Yeah, and he Jabari is not the Smith, rule. Jabari Smith's and a shooter. Kessler? Kessler, Kessler was not was a great right. free throw shooter. Yeah, he was not, he was not, he was not top no, tier. He was, what, he was 60, 70, something like that. Well, okay, but Jabari Smith was... I mean, he was uh, almost 100% almost. Jabari right. Smith yeah. is unique. He is overall. he is not normal. Yeah. Jabari Smith and, was not normal. You do not get okay. You don't right. get 6'10 guys normal. like that. Yeah, he was that okay. different. All right, moving on, guys. I heard your comments about um, mysterious flight plans everywhere. So <laughs> I, uh, I read from a podcast, a blogger on 247 Sports, uh, saying that he heard um, on a podcast that Brandon Marcello was on today uh, that Brandon Marcello um, – he has a strong sense, uh, that's what this guy said, that uh, um, the Lane Kiffin thing is a strong-leaning uh, likelihood. Do uh, you guys know anything about this podcast or know anything about what Brian, Brian Marcello may have said? 
I don't know yeah, anything I don't that I, I haven't already said. Look, I don't have sources. None of us really have sources. <laughs> we, we just all kind of read what other people say and kind of, I guess, get the vibes from it. Uh, that's the best way I know how to describe it. Um, what I have read is that right now, uh, people that I trust have said it is about a 75% chance that Lane Kiffin ends up at Auburn. I don't now I've heard that before and stuff hasn't happened. So yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not going to convince myself that something is happening until it's concrete that it is, that it has happened, you know? Um, but right now it, the, the Lane Kiffin to Auburn thing, it seems to be going very strong. But it almost seems, you know, so, so it's almost likely that I'm, you know, leery that could we just be, being uh, you know smoke screened here like like Harson was even his name wasn't hardly even mentioned and bam he's hired it's definitely possible had, it's definitely happen? possible it it could very well end up being somebody whose name we not have not mentioned yet yeah. no one has mentioned yet because like you said nobody talked about Harson until the day he was hired um, but I don't I don't think that's going to happen with this because it feels like everybody at the top in Auburn is. I guess all pulling in roughly the same direction. It is a lot more of a synergy than uh, than what the previous administration showed. Well, they're keeping this. I mean, really, really uh, under uh, lock and key apparently, because uh, even two point seven sports people like Nathan King, Philip Marshall, uh, Jason Calva, they they said they 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 can't get anything. Yeah, I, I yeah, mean, and I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing. Chris Roberts has been doing a. He does not want stuff to get out. Yeah, and, that's and, become very but that's obvious. That's not Auburn, and, guys. You and, know that. And Cohen's that's keeping it. Yeah, it's not Auburn, and it's a good yeah. thing that it's changing. And Cohen's keeping cool. and Cohen's keeping this really close to the vest about about how how he wants to go about this process. So I, I'm hearing nothing. I think that's a good thing. Well, uh, let's hope so. And uh, just real quickly, guys, I may have confused myself just but you know uh, the uh, the coach of West Kentucky uh, in. Uh, press conference he was doing yesterday and i saw the video clip of it he uh alluded his respect for uh, auburn uh, football program and then mentioned oh by the way his brother was a auburn former auburn football player on the coach pat die didn't know that one and uh I, I didn't know if you guys had had read that or not no i hadn't seen I, that I, anywhere I that's interesting that. let me yeah no so, I, uh, I didn't know that i thought that was an interesting uh, auburn connection there uh for this game and that's all we're uh Coach uh, Cadillac said that uh, uh, they're going to be expecting uh, balls flying, uh, uh, you know, 90 miles an hour or whatever, you know, here uh, throughout uh, the whole game. So um, that's not going to be a surprise. And then I saw that uh, Mr. Uh, Umba is maybe questionable game time decision. Is that right? Yeah, he got a uh, he got a little bit hurt against uh, against A and M, uh, but he is. Yeah, he got to come off the field, I believe, uh, and didn't play after he got hurt sometime in the first quarter, but. Uh, game time decision. Don't know how bad that injury is. Feels like just kind of a, a sprain. Maybe he twisted it. Hopefully nothing too bad. But I like Jeffrey Imba a lot. I hope he can play in this game. Of course, Saturday's uh, senior day. And uh, um, I'm just wondering, you know, there are several players that have taken except an invitation who are not actual seniors. They're redshirt juniors. Uh, but they're not going to be uh, honors. Is that correct? I believe if you are... I, I'm not sure because I, I think if you're in your fourth year of college, Jemiah Pritchett is one of them. Yeah, he was it, He's a redshirt junior. Yeah, if you're if you're in your fourth year of college, they'll let you celebrate Senior Day. Because I remember Carl Lawson had that a couple of years ago, and he was celebrated on Senior Day. Okay. All right. Well, I uh, hope that uh, Umbai is the only uh, 
Um, two minutes left in the hour, Steve. That's it, guys. So uh, how many of you guys are going or not going to the game, the final home game? Uh, I will be at basketball on Friday, and I will be at football on Saturday. I'll be at both of those. I will not be at the game. I'll be in the control room for the video board. All right. Well, good to know. Hi, guys. My time is up, as always. I thank you for the time you allow me. So until uh, tomorrow, probably, I say have a safe afternoon and evening, and uh, War Eagle. War Eagle Steve, thank you very much. That was retired War Dam Steve on the Auburn Bank phone line. If you want to answer anything, if you want to talk to anybody, we'll, uh, we're about to end this hour here, but uh, I believe we've got, what, Drew, a minute and a half left? Yeah, just about. About a minute and a half left in this hour. So, yeah, it, guys, it, y'all, Cam, you love basketball. Drew, you know a lot more about it than I do. Talk to me. A bit, talk to Steve's question about shooting. Why, why are some guys better free throw shooters than others, and why can some guys get better and some guys can't? Who is, it's Rudy Gobert, I think. He's been in the NBA yeah. for like 12 years now, yeah. and he's changing the hand that he shoots free, throw with, free throws with this year because he's just been so bad his entire career. What's, what is all that about? I mean, it, it, like I said, it's it's about practice and repetition. Bigs just – it's really just known that they really just can't shoot free throws. I, I think it's just a lot harder for them. They're, they work so close to the paint, they never have to shoot. So they don't develop that muscle memory to really develop a jump shot. Yeah. So it, it's just a lot tougher. That's why Jabari is that exception because he's been shooting his whole life already. And so for him to come in and be such the exceptional free throw shooter that he was, the exceptional three-point shooter that he was, um, it was different. You know, guys like Kevin Durant, even Victor Wimbanyama, guys like the that's yeah. not normal. That's yeah. not yeah. normal. Did y'all see the Vic, the video of Victor Wimbanyama? He like hit a floater, the three. one legged three point yeah. floater. Then yeah. he hit. Yeah, yeah, that's not normal. That was insane. You don't do that. Like, <laughs> yeah. like seven, nobody does that. Seven foot four, I think, is what he is. And yeah. you 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 just that's different. That's something that when he gets to the NBA, that's going to be completely different, yeah. and it's going to break the league. I think. Yeah. Do, y'all, do y'all think he comes in and has immediate success, or does it take him a little while to adjust? I mean, it might take him a second to adjust, but I still think in his initial year he's going to average like – he might start out averaging 13 to 15 points. I mean, easily. Yeah. He's just a different – you know. And it might be better. Yeah. <laughs> has there been hype behind a guy this big since – Well, I mean, since LeBron. LeBron. I, I was going to uh, ask like Anthony Davis, maybe. Um, LeBron. Who's, the, is... who's the, the – Dwight Howard – no, uh, it's LeBron, yeah. really. All Just right. that much hype. Yeah. All right. Well, you all hear the music. That means our number one is up. When we come back, we will have more of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Our number one is done. Our number two coming after this. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. 
It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome back in. Hour number two gets set to go right now. Brant Daughtry, Cam Berry, Drew Behenna sitting in the studio right now. J.J. Jackson taking a multitude of phone calls dealing with some company business. It's sprung on him a little bit, so we're, uh, you know, we're improvising. You're we're stuck s- with us. We're scrambling. Yeah, you're stuck with us. There you go. <laughs> That's really how it should feel. <laughs> uh, Auburn won a basketball game last night, won it going away. Guys, we started talking about that in our, uh, our phone call with Steve uh, at the bottom of the first hour. So uh, now we're back at the top of the second hour. What what really stood out to you guys watching that game, other than shooting, because shooting is the obvious one. Um, but what else did Auburn do really well that y'all, that really just said, oh, hey, we haven't, Auburn hasn't done that. What, it, be it from last night's game or just the entire season, what is something that stood out to you about Auburn basketball so far? Well, last night in particular, the introduction of Chance Westry, him getting his mm-hmm. first game, um, he looked good and healthy which is a great combo to have um he was coming off that knee surgery i believe over the off season Mm -hmm. and played his first game last night looked ready to go and i'm very excited to watch him because i think he's going to be a difference maker for the team yeah i think he's i agree i think he's such a a versatile guy he's a guy who stands at six foot six and he can he can play the one the two or the three he can play all three of those positions and that that means when when uh, when you've got Wendell out there, he can go to the two. He can make some shot. He can get open off the ball. He can make some shots. When you want to spell Wendell for a little bit, he's a good enough ball handler. But he can play uh, the point. He, he yeah, can play that. the point. He can set up other guys. He can drive to the basket. He can shoot well. He's a really good free throw shooter. Uh, I feel like he's a guy that just gives you a little bit of everything. Uh, I don't know how good he's going to end up being defensively, but he's he's not going to be a liability. So you'll take that. So he's, it, yeah. He, he just does a little bit of everything, and I think it's really impressive. He's good on the defensive end as well, um, re- really good. Uh, hasn't really shown as much, but we when we uh, when we were watching, you know, the games in Israel, he he's got some really good yeah. defensive instincts and prowess. Um, I think the key for for him, and that's going to really unlock this team, is his ball handling ability and his vision. His ability to pass the ball is going to help so much. It's going to take pressure off Wendell. Um, it's it's gonna be just amazing. I, I mean, you saw that. No he had pass a he had a pretty impressive to, uh, no um, look on the baseline to, to Dylan. Yes, the, I mean, just his vision is going to be something that is going to be extremely helpful to this basketball team for sure. Um, I, I think with it's something that stood out to me so far, and mainly last night, we talked about him a little bit earlier. It, the ankle injury has held back Janai Broom. He looks to be feeling better, and if we get more of that out of him going forward or even you know flashes of what he showed last night I think he's going to be a real asset to this team I think his defensive instincts are there uh, I think he's a really skilled post scorer as well we I talked we yeah. talked about this with Walker Kessler he was really good at running to the rim he was a very good pick and roll type of player 
Um, but when it when it came to just hit back to the basket and put a move on somebody and go up and score, he wasn't great at that. I feel like Janai Broom is a lot more polished uh, with his offensive game than Walker Kessler was. Yeah, there's just there's experience there. I believe this is his fourth year. I yeah. saw that he scored yeah. his thousandth point in college basketball mm-hmm. last night. Congrats, by the way, Janai Broom. Um, yeah, he's he's big. He's not particularly slow. He yeah. can move a little bit, especially with his ankle healing up. Um, yeah, him. Maybe it's just all the newcomers to the program that I'm seeing and noticing, wow, these guys can play. Because Trey Donaldson, he's not getting that much time right now. Dude, but he's, a, he's a he's baller. Tough. Yeah, yeah he, he's tough. Yeah, you can he's, tell he played football. Yeah, yeah you people keep talking about that. He, yes. looks like, he, he looks like a safety out there. Dude, for mm-hmm. sure. He looks like a safety. He's... He's not afraid, and you know I like having that in a football, in a, in a basketball player, I should say, a guy who adopts that football mentality of I'm not going to be scared of anything. No. You know, I'm going to go in, I'm going to hit somebody, I'm going to out physical the other team. And uh, you know, basketball is a sport where you you can't do that all the time, but yeah, he, when you when you can get away with it, it's it's a, it's a good thing to have. Yeah, he's he's not scared at all, Trey. Um, he did y'all y'all watch the South Florida game? Did yeah. Yes. Did you guys see? He, he's bringing the he's bringing the ball up the floor. I think they had a senior guard on him, and he claps his hands twice. And Trey goes, "What?" Double crossover, <laughs> mid range pull up, bucket. And yeah. He steps back. I was like, "Oh, he's nasty." Okay, yeah. I like this kid. I, I like, introduction. Yeah. To the that's fan that's base. oh, that's great to see that he's not even scared to shy away from a challenge like that, um, and he can still be able to go and get his. Um, and we're going to need that. You know, he might not see the floor a whole bunch this season just because of, you know, how deep we are at guard. But in, in the next year or, year or so, he's going to be very instrumental. Speaking of that depth, um, I don't know if I'm not noticing him, him as much, but he was a starter last night, played about 20 minutes. Um, I think I just want to see Zepp Jasper get the ball more. I, I like his yeah. shot well. Yeah, I like he his did. three when he puts him up. Because I remember last year the complaint was, he didn't why shoot. isn't this guy shooting? Because he was sometimes running the point. And yeah. He, he was most most of the time running the point, you know, and he's, his job was distribute the ball and his role is different play it year. safe. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks like he's going to be uh, primarily playing that shooting guard role yeah. this year. And I, I want to see him shoot more. He, I think he finished last year, albeit with, not that many attempts, but as either the best or one of the best three-point shooters on the team. Shot and 50%. Yeah, he, he's a guy that when it's falling, it's falling. I remember yeah. I just remember specific instances of like, oh, wow, that's Zepp's like 4-3 in mm-hmm. 10 minutes. He's, right. he's yeah. cooking right yeah. now. He's feeling it. That, uh, what was I about to say? Oh, uh, Dylan Cardwell is currently leading college basketball in block percentage. Yeah. He's, he's not playing – like at starter minutes, played sixteen but when, minutes. Last yeah, night. when he's on the when he's on the court, he's making a difference, and that's what you want on it. You want him to be, I guess, your defensive presence when when Janai's not out there, and you don't have the combination of offense and defense. You want Dylan go out there, just hey, just don't give up anything in the paint. Yeah, dude, and he's doing a really good job of that so far. I mean, six points, six rebounds, two assists, two steals, and four blocks in sixteen minutes. That's, that's pretty. Efficient. That's pretty insane. <laughs> that is extremely efficient. And, and a he, lot of and he missed said, several free throws. Right, you know, and or he missed two. I think two, and he I was over to only go to the line twice, and these three. He was three for three, um, just from the field and shooting, and uh, he he. A lot of people are talking about how he's the most imp- improved player on this yeah, team. And, I buy that. And I agree. He it seems is evident. showing it, and he's 
that one two punch that we have with with broom and then you think oh we're gonna get you're gonna get a rest no cardwell's nope. coming right back at you with it i mean just between the two of them they had nine of our 11 blocks that's yeah. i mean you, you can't ask for anything better they're both elite um rim protectors and you know, with Dylan, he just brings that energy, and I like what I see from Janai too. He he talks a little bit. He he kind of has yeah. Janai has got an edge. It's a different kind of fire that we're not used to seeing because you know Walker was so quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, he he didn't really talk all that much. You could you kind you kind of just saw with Walker, it was just in his impact. Like he he was never that energetic, and when he was, we were like, whoa, that's different. You know, um, he might let out a yell or something like that. But with Janai, he's coming at you every time. He's going to talk to you. He's going to do all that. He's going to say, I'm better than you and all this. So it's different, and I like to see it. I like to, I like the edge that I see from him, and, and it's it's going to be different. Going back to uh, Dylan a little bit, I, I, I feel like I saw flashes last year when he would um, come in for Kessler oh, yeah. towards the end of games or just as part of the rotation, like, Wow, this guy has improved a lot. Year to year, from his he, freshman has, year. he has com- improved so much. And I think we're going to see the result of that with even if he's not getting starter minutes, if he's playing 16 to 20 minutes a game, we're going to see just how good he is and how much improvement from two years ago to now there has been. What is he, 6'11, 240, something like that? He's 6'11. Yes, 6'11. He's a big dude. He's, he's a big dude. I wonder if he could play tight end. Oh, my God. Dude. I- <laughs> anyway. <laughs> No, he's he's good. He's good. Go play basketball, kid. You're you're good at what you do. Don't worry about football. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I I'm I'm really excited about Auburn basketball this year. I I don't know, I don't think this team's going to win 30 games the same way that last year's team did. But you're going to go on stretches. You're you're not. I don't think this team ever hits number one in the country. But you're going to have those moments where you go, this team is unbeatable if they just do things right. They can reach top ten. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They can I reach think, top well, I mean, they're sure. 13 right now. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just seems like we don't necessarily get worse anywhere when yeah. certain players come off and certain players go on. Yeah, I think the depth our, of the, this team's about 10, 11 deep right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're all playing for the most part. Yeah, there's no, there's not really any drop off. We're going to see. Know? Yeah. I think the biggest drop off is when you take Wendell off the court and Trey comes on. But again, we've already talked on Chance Westry is probably going to get those yeah, point, those, one. those point guard minutes that yeah. when Wendell's not on the floor, when he's fully healthy. So I don't know. I'm really excited about Auburn basketball. Yeah. This, this team is, is going to be something to watch. Um, you know, a lot of people said this is about a 24-25 win team, and I can agree to that. Yeah. I, th- um, I think 24-7 and seven yeah, is what I said my final record was. Yeah, I said that as well. And, and that's a good good indication. You know, struggled um, against South Florida just because I think their defense kind of punched us in the mouth a little bit. Yeah. Like Auburn, Auburn has yeah. played two rock fights against South Florida two years in a row. Yeah. So it's, yep. I'm not buying too much into that one. Speaking of teams that uh, Auburn has played in previous years, coming up at the end of November on the 27th, we play St. Louis. Yeah, they're, and yeah. They're be if tough. you remember that the game the last year, the Billikens. Yeah, I believe that was the first game we lost, or the second game we lost, maybe. Mm, I, I Auburn I won, won that game. We won. Auburn won that game because oh, they were undefeated yeah, yeah, yeah. They in, won by up like until it was close though. It was, close. By, yeah. 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 It was it an was ugly game. game. Very ugly game. Um, we we probably worried that we were going to lose that one. Yeah, um, I think it was. Was it Katie Johnson? Was it Katie Johnson who kind of blew up in the overtime in that one? I think so. Either, I think I remember that. Yeah, Katie or Wendell. I think it was one of the guards. But right. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. That's um, it's going to be probably the toughest matchup to date on the schedule. Yeah. Um, in between 
now and then we have texas southern coming up this friday yeah um i wrote about texas southern on our website by the way i do football previews um and i'm gonna self-promote here because i usually do when i do the football previews so i'm gonna do the same thing for basketball i'm gonna write ones for basketball as well uh probably not going to do baseball but uh i'm doing them for basketball the same way i'm gonna be doing them for football and shooty hoops shooty hoops uh and my uh my preview for texas southern is up on our website go check it out the tiger.fm yeah um you should check it out, by the way. It's a good read. Thank you. Um, yeah, Texas Southern. I don't know if Auburn will run into that much trouble. I'm kind of expecting a similar game script to uh, what happened against Winthrop. Maybe we get the yeah. subs in a little earlier, get, yeah. get some rotation in. You know, that's um, interesting. I with about, four, with about five minutes left in that game, Auburn was up by like 28, something like that. And Bruce wasn't putting the walk-ons in. And I was concerned. I was like, hey, what, what in the world are we still doing with guys that are going to be contributing with five minutes to go in a 30-point game. Why are these guys still on the floor? Bruce talked about that. Look, margin of victory is about to matter uh, with tournament seating. You're about to have mm-hmm. to beat guys by more. It's not going to matter just how many games do you win and quad one versus quad four and, and all of that stuff. Now, margin of victory is going to matter for seating. So you're going to see the scholarship guys, uh, guys who contribute. The, the better players on your team are going to get minutes late in games, late in blowouts, uh, because you want to keep that wide margin. And Bruce talked about it after the game. It was a 25-point victory, but it was at 34 with about three minutes left or something like that, and the team kind of gave away a little run at the end. Right. And Bruce was frustrated because those margins of victory are going to matter. Yeah, it it will. Um, I kind of see, since Bruce talked about it in the press conference or in his interview, you know he's laid into them yeah, in the yes, locker room he's for gonna, it. He's going to emphasize that. I won't be surprised if we kind of run it up these next couple games. After Texas yeah. Southern on Friday, we play Auburn. Or, pff, play Auburn. We play Bradley. I believe both those are in the Cancun Challenge. And yeah. uh, Bradley, they're always a mid-major team that makes some noise. Not as much as uh, the ones that you usually see in the tournament. But that's a team that they're going to be feisty. They're going to shoot probably pretty well um and we're gonna have to outshoot them if we want to run away but yeah i'm excited man basketball season is finally here and uh it's picked up for me right where it left off i'm just i'm so excited auburn basketball has given people a lot to be excited about well uh we're going to go ahead and hit our first break of our number two when we come back i don't know i'll think about it over the break you'll hear it when we come back probably find out the same time we do you're listening to sports call Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player, national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back. Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm going to do a read real quick just because we haven't yet. We've already done that one today. What have we not done? Done that one too. Here we go. Haven't done this one yet today. 
Sports Call can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open up the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android and tap the menu icon at the top left. Tap Skills and Games in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill, then tap Enable to Use, and you're done. All you have to do now is say, hey, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. It's not really an ad read. It's more like a self-promotional thing, but it works. I'll take it. All right, let's talk about the college football playoff. We haven't talked about that yet, uh, or at least I have not talked about it this week. So uh, let's take a look at it. Number one, Georgia. Un- unsurprising. Number two and number three, Ohio State and Michigan. Those are kind of interchangeable right now. Number four, this is where it gets interesting. Numbers four, five, and six, TCU, Tennessee, and LSU. We were talking about this during the break. If TCU wins out, they're in. Yes. They're in, and they're in is probably number three because the winner of Ohio State and Michigan is going to fall out. Yes. Yes. So TCU wins out. I mean, that... Which is a real possibility. Which is a real possibility. They're a really right. good team. They're 10-0. and 0. They've got two games left and then the then the Big 12 championship. Right. We all think they're going to win the Big 12 and be undefeated. Or I think they're going to win the Big 12 and be undefeated because they've just beaten Texas. And that's that kind of... That challenge. was the hardest challenge yeah. that they had left. I yeah. fall into that boat as well. I... I don't know the Big 12 that well. I know that TCU and Texas are really the only two yeah. teams making significant noise. Oklahoma and, has yeah. been garbage. Bad. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Brent Venables, that tenure, not off to a great start. But yeah. uh, other than that, so Tennessee at five. Tennessee at five is interesting to me because that means that you value what they have done over LSU, who you have at six. and But under LSU, you have USC. Who's nine and one? So you've got nine and one Tennessee, yeah. who's gotten absolutely embarrassed by Georgia, and number six LSU, who has two losses. You have them ahead of one loss USC. There is a path there, for there, USC to get in. Though. There is absolutely a path for yeah. USC, USC to get in. USC has to win out, win the Pac-12 championship, and we know that the committee values a championship yeah. over pretty much everything. Um, Obviously, depending on who the champion is, obviously we know that the ACC is out, right? Yeah, the ACC. We, we can, the ACC is done. We can make that distinction, even though Clemson is sitting at nine, they're out. There, there's no way for them to really get in, um, even if they do win their conference championship, just because the conference in general is so weak. Um, you USC, had you've had one game against a, a semi good team, and yeah. even Notre Dame has not been very good this year. Yeah, you got absolutely and, embarrassed in that game. Exactly. So it's. And uh, yeah. USC, they just have to win out um, and win their conference championship, and they'll probably sit in that sport four spot. Uh, when it's all said and done, it'll end up being Georgia, the winner of Ohio State and Michigan, can, assuming that they win their conference championship. Which, again, we all think they will. Right. And TCU at three, and uh, USC will, will be in that four spot. Um, and that's just kind of how it's going to shape out to be, which will be interesting to see. I, I don't really – I have not watched any USC football I don't really know how good or bad they are. Um, obviously, I know that Ka- they have Caleb Williams and they have uh, Jordan Addison. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, you know, I mean, and I know that they have Lincoln Riley, yeah. and then that's kind of all you need, I guess. Uh, yeah. Lincoln Riley is going to make good quarterbacks. I or good have, good football teams, good they offenses. Have the one for sure. loss. Uh, they have the one loss to uh, slip my Texas no. Slipped my mind who they lost to. Was it? It, it was one of the the have nots of the Pac twelve. Yeah, it, it was. It was not a good loss at all, um, and it was a, a shocking loss, um, and that's why they're kind of fighting their way back up right now. Um, but with Oregon being substantially out, um, there really is no path unless obviously 
I mean, there could be just complete chaos, right? And say Georgia loses to LSU, obviously that that's, puts LSU that's in. The, that's the crazy one, right? Is yeah. if LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship, you where do you go from LSU there? In, yeah, LSU's right? going to be in. They won the hardest conference in the what country. What do you do with Georgia in that situation? They're in. I, you think I, so? I don't, I don't you think, think Georgia's definitely how, in at this point? How do you keep them in if See, you have to put – where do you put LSU, right? Four. You put LSU at four, or so you put Georgia over them because then you still have to keep in. You still have to keep this. I think yeah. this is where Tennessee backdoors their way in. Yeah, I have another theory about how Tennessee gets in. That too. that's I think that's how Tennessee would backdoor their way in, which Georgia you, fans would be mad. Do you get Tennessee in over USC? This so my go ahead my only mm. theory for how Tennessee squeaks in. I guess what you just said can make sense. Um, so let's say. TCU loses, right? That right. drops them. Yeah, they're uh, done. We're all assuming the loser of the Ohio State-Michigan game has no chance. Yeah, substantially out. Yeah. Yes, and LSU loses in a blowout in the SEC championship. Is that where the argument for Tennessee for that four spot comes back in? You said, what did you say TCU did? TCU, TCU lost. Yeah, TCU's so TCU out. So TCU loses, Ohio, loser of Ohio State-Michigan's out. And LSU gets blown out. I absolutely think you can put Tennessee in. In that case, yeah. Well, but the thing is, because USC. they have Tennessee, the thing because they they have Tennessee at five, that means that they think that Tennessee's one loss is better than USC's one loss. Yeah, which, definitely. So, which it is. Yeah, which yeah, it is. It absolutely is. So the, yeah, I guess and, that's where you backdoor Tennessee. But is is USC the Pac-12 champion? And Tennessee didn't even make their championship game. That's yeah, the argument so you have then to, you'd to pr- look they'd at. They probably still end up putting USC at three, and then putting putting Tennessee at four. Um, I think that's how that would go, and then mm. it would be Georgia, that's fair. Ohio State, or Michigan at two, right? And then uh, USC, assuming they win their conference championship at three, and then Tennessee at four. That's I think that's how that would end up shaking out. I think out. you're right, um, because there's just there's no way for Alabama to get in. Um, I, I don't there's because they're they're eliminated from their championship. They're too low to really jump up there to even jump Tennessee, and they lost to Tennessee, so they're not going to over them in any way shape or form um so that's how i think that would shake out it, it definitely is interesting um don't you just love like theorizing dude. all these different yeah ways well here's here's what's crazy this years, is what though. this is what drives me nuts about this entire thing we can sit here and talk about it until we're blue in the face we'll find out like right. this thing's going to shake itself out the only time any of this deliberation matters is after the championship games but we have to fill three hours of talk show. <laughs> Absolutely. If if this is a, if there were ever really a year, because you know some people disagree, some people like the twelve team playoff that's coming out soon. Some people don't like it. They say it's I too love big. It. I love the twelve team um, playoff. This for those that you know don't like it. This is probably the perfect year to really make the case for a 12, 12 team playoff, just because you know. You're not 100% sure that TCU is a, is truly the number 4 team in the nation, right? But they're undefeated, so you can't deny yeah. that for They've them. beaten a lot of they've rank beaten, they've beaten a couple of right. ranked teams. The teams that they've beaten, some are not ranked now, but they were when they played them, but that matters at the at the time. Um you know, th- obviously I think if we put TCU and Tennessee against each other, Tennessee probably beats the brakes off of them. You can't assume that, but at the same time, that would be an can. interesting game. It'd be a very fun game to watch. Game. Tennessee and USC, Lincoln Riley versus Josh Heupel's offense. Yeah, that'd be fun. And, and you know, I, I don't know. It, it's it, it'd be a lot to to really think about, a lot to take in. Um, and yeah, it, it, 
it would be interesting, but we're stuck at four. So now we're just kind of deliberating that four. The SEC championship's going to decide how crazy this thing gets. Truly. It's going to decide. For what it's worth, I think Georgia wins that game by 30. But yeah. by 30. I, 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 I don't think LSU can keep up with Georgia. No, I, I don't really think so either. I mean, look, think back to the first week of the season. LSU lost basically a home game to FSU, yeah. who is starting to look like a better ACC team than most people thought they were going to be. But at the end of the day, it's still a two or three loss ACC team that True. beat LSU in a, in a I believe, one-point game. Mm-hmm. But from what I recall about that game, FSU kind of should have run away with it, and LSU was hanging on by a thread and yeah. couldn't yeah. make the last play. Um, I wonder, though, do those early season losses to a significant Power 5 school, albeit, do those not really matter at the end of the season? I I think they play a part, but, I mean, they're in the championship either way, right? Yeah. And FSU, like you said, they are ranked now. They're two, and even LSU is a completely different team yeah, than that what is they very were true. at that the beginning of the true. season. I, think, I, I mean, you can go and look at Oregon. Oregon right. lost to Georgia 49-3. to And they were rolling yeah. after that. They were, a, they were absolutely in the discussion for the college football playoff until they lost to Washington last week. Yeah. Which, by the way, took me very, very much by surprise. I was also surprised. So that's yeah. that's going to go against both of our college football pick'em. Yeah, which well, sucks. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still, I'm uh, still, still leading in the NFL one. If I can win one of those, I'll be perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm like second in one, third in the other. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep up with you. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't, just there, because think about this. What if? So just, what if? I'm all LSU what if? for it. Loses. To Texas A&M this weekend. <laughs> what if, right? Because and then they just they beat, just, they just, they beat they Georgia, beat Georgia, <laughs> and they just so so they they stumble, right? They stumble, they lose to Texas A&M. I don't think that's possible. I, I no, don't think that could even happen. But what if it does? Because this is college football that we're talking about here, right? Right, and then they, by the grace of God, beat Georgia in the SEC championship. I I. I think I, I think at that point the S- I think the SEC is out at that point. The SEC is out. I think the SEC no is out at that way. point. No way. No. If no if Georgia or, or Georgia drops out. all the way to four, yeah, no I think that, I think that, that could happen. happen. I don't think you can take a one loss Georgia. Rega- Honestly, regardless of how uh, the SEC championship game goes, or say they lose, even if it's a ugly, three loss SEC champion. You yeah. don't think that they'd put a three loss? No, even if I don't think is, so. Even if no. they beat the number one team in the nation, no, and I they still don't think... even get in as a four. No, 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 no. no. Georgia still so. would though. I really I think, think I think LSU would. is out. I think LSU. Well, no, so I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. I'm, I'm distracted. So you think? So you think Georgia with with a loss without winning their t- conference title? If they lose, if they lose to in, a three loss LSU team, would still be in after losing to a three loss LSU team. Because so, that's, that's, that's tough. Way, okay, at that not, point, it's tough. I think yeah. that's a way for Tennessee to get in. Yeah, that, that is enough. That's what I was going to say. So I don't think there's any possibility of the SEC not being involved in this college. No, I, I, because I they agree. Can, they they get can beat each other up, and another one will sneak in. Um, they get in somehow unless, then, I guess, unless you could say. No, yeah. That, I, don't see, I don't see how the SEC wouldn't be in this at all whatsoever um, because Tennessee is I forgot about Tennessee. You've at, got a good right? point. Tennessee is going to stay where they're at, right? Stay in that five five spots. Say TCU wins out, they win their conference championship. One the winner. Seed TCU. <laughs> oh my gosh! 
the day we see that. Um, Ohio State and Michigan, we obviously, like we said, the winner of that, however that goes, um, that would probably end up being the one seed. Um, and you could also make a case for whoever that is to backdoor their way in as well. because The loser of that yeah, game? Yeah, the loser of that game, the Michigan-Ohio State game, could backdoor their way in as well. Yeah, I feel like it's hard for a non-SEC team to not play in their conference championship and get in. Right. I'd be interested to right. see if that's happened yet it, in the playoff. Cause it I, did. Yeah. Alabama. Non-SEC. Non-SEC oh, team yeah, to lose yeah, their conference championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next best case would be... Or not be in it at all. Right. The, uh, yeah. The, I think the next best case would be that Ohio State-Michigan loser. And that would or be Tennessee, maybe. Or I mean, or Tennessee yeah. as well. Or USC. Obviously. Or yeah, USC. We've been ourselves in There's, circles. Who's we? who's who's going to play in the Pac-12 championship? We don't know yet. <laughs> I don't it's, know yet. It's it's going to be I think between USC and is I don't know if Utah's on the same side. I don't I don't know. I'm uh, I'm I looking up Pac-12 the other championship. They're game. on the other side. I know. I know they're the other like best team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Utah is 10th. And Brant is looking it up. I'm doing my best here. He's scrolling, and he's scrolling. Hold on, hold on. My brain is scrolling. Y'all keep talking. Talk about something other than me. (laughs) I'm narrating you. So you've you've got Utah, UCLA, USC, Arizona State, Arizona, and Colorado in the south. You've got California, Oregon, Oregon State, Stanford, Washington, and Washington State in the north. So they'd face Cal. Is that is that no? That's that's not that's. Oh, you're just saying that's, that's alphabetical. Just in it. That's, okay, alphabetical. Yeah, that's alphabetical. It's I actually want. not alphabetical, but it's close. Um, Interesting. Are there so I think I think the U.S. With the two best records. It's it's two, it's the teams with the two best records. Oh, okay. What? So I get I th- it's going to be what USC and Utah in the South and Oregon. Well, I guess Washington. They don't do it by division. They've got it by division. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they don't do it at the top the, of each division? Yeah, that's okay, what I just okay, said. Okay, okay. That's I was, what I tried I, to say. Sorry, Maybe I, I, I misunderstood. I misunderstood you. <laughs> I was about to say, that's weird. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I still see USC winning out, really. I don't know. I'll be interested. Because with that loss to Washington, what are, what are Washington's losses? Are Washington's losses in the conference? Because they're 8-2 and two as well. Um, I don't think there's a chance they get in. No, I don't think so either. They're seventeenth. They no, they they're not going to get in. I'm just trying to see like what I'm trying to figure out high? if they can win their division. Oh, I got you, got you. Because they beat Oregon, and Oregon is what are big brain questions? Big brain questions. What um, happens if oh they lost to Illinois UCLA? Okay, beats, UCLA and Arizona State <laughs> beats. Now you're asking Michigan for or Ohio State. Dude, you're what happens? Then the big nah. the Big Ten is out. Yeah, Big Ten. Then the Big out. Ten is definitely then, out. Then who knows? Then it's yeah. a complete and total utter chaotic toss up, and then it's anybody's game, and nobody knows who's going to get in. Honestly, I'd be with it. I would love to see that yeah, because would, you know it's just everybody been, who we think is going to get in start losing. It's always been so clear cut like that. That yeah. is. It's always been so clear cut. You know that that between that one and six that they're guaranteed to get in. So if just for just pure chaos reasons, that you know whatever, just anything that could happen does happen, and the losses just kind of pile up for everybody. And from there, there's no telling. College football playoffs are interesting things. They are interesting. We're gonna take our second hour of. Excuse me, second break of the second hour. When we come back, more sports call. 
You're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show on the Tiger 95.9. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. Now, back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. You guys listen to The Killers? You know, like The Killers? Mr. Brightside is their most popular song. This is uh, When You Were Young, also by them. No, yeah, occasionally. All right. Well, occasionally. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I like how, I like how Drew... <laughs> like cut the song off completely and it was like yeah sometimes I am a fan do you think I, I, I like listen Mr. to that Brent? I don't know what you listen to <laughs> but if you had to guess probably not <laughs> no I mean fair enough yeah see yeah. see, yeah I was gonna I was gonna be like yeah see Brent come on like let's be real uh, <laughs> oh I don't know if alright alright oh, anyway <laughs> man the Falcons play Sunday. Yeah, speaking of people the from Falcons. Atlanta, uh, I'll the be Falcons at the game, play. actually. Oh, will you? Yes. Bought tickets. Uh, Very nice. Yes, last night, actually, for the game. So I'm going to watch us maybe win. We'll see. I doubt um, it. I mean, we were talking, it's we were, not like Chicago's good. Chicago's not good, but neither is Atlanta. Neither. Right. But I feel like we could be better because, you know, they scored 30 points in a game yesterday or last Sunday and lost to the Lions. So, you know, anything. Yeah, but the possible. Lions have a quarterback who's an actual quarterback. At the start of the year, I don't, I don't dislike Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff is fine. Jared Goff either, but they're gonna go and try and draft a quarterback. They're definitely going to not keep him. But so, who knows? Maybe Jared Goff's in Atlanta next year. Don't you you say that? No. Would you want that? Why would you say that? that? I I tell you who I want, and it it pains me to say it. Probably want Bryce Young. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think Bryce Young's the best. But he's gonna be gone, I think, before Atlanta's draft. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Play the Bears at home um, in the Curse Stadium. Um, the the Curse Stadium. Yeah, yeah. I I call it. You know how I the, feel about Mercedes. The Sky Benz. Butthole. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looks like. Someone pointed that out to me once, and I was like, ah, never, <laughs> uh, never gonna see any, like never that. gonna see that I can't, again. Can't unsee that. Never now. going Thank to you. not see it as that. All oh, right. Oh man, um, should be an interesting matchup. Two very bad defenses. Um, very. And and I feel like a lot of points will end up being scored in this game because. I think both teams. I mean, these are the two top rushing teams in the league. Yeah. Um, in, Mostly because they of, can't do much. In terms else, of but. percentage, um, the Bears rush the ball at over sixty percent, and the Falcons run at about fifty-three ish percent. Um, and I know a lot of those runs on the Bears side do come from Justin Herbert. Yeah. But Khalil Herbert. Uh, oh, another yeah. Herbert yeah. is on IR now and right. missing this it, game with a couple games after that. Right. As and well. I. Th- yeah, so their their only running really options are now going to be Justin Fields and it's going to be um, David Montgomery. Yeah, David Montgomery. And you know, if you could figure out how to shut that down, you're in business because you don't want Fields to sit back there, or you do want Fields to sit back there in the pocket. Honestly, um, 
because yeah, you you're not, not you're not trying great, to get to Justin great. Fields. Yeah, you, you're you trying to contain, you're trying to keep him in the pocket. Yes, you absolutely want to contain Justin. Yeah, it's extremely tough to do. I mean, the man is just. He's on an extreme hot streak. He's covered in grease, is he's, what he is. He's, he's he is on it's a crazy hot streak as a quarterback. Their team overall is just not that good. Uh, I mean, he's literally kind of been single handedly carrying them um, since they played the Patriots on I think that was Monday Night Football, uh, and they kind of ran all over the Patriots defense. And since then, he's been just playing lights out. Yeah, um, and. I think I think their offense is kind of adjusting to him rather than they, the other way around, I, which I, is what you should do. Yeah, you should adjust should have done that your offense ago. to your personnel. Yes, I, I agree because I mean they're at every level of football designed runs for him. Just they're moving the ball well up and down the field. I mean, he had four total touchdowns and he ran for over 100 yards against the Lions. Yeah. Um, and did he set the record? Or yes, the week prior, he, did. he set the, the record? The week prior, for... he ran 170 for 173 yards, which broke Michael Vick's rushing record. Um, for rushing yards in a single game. Um, I, I I think he set the record for most yards in a four-game span. It was like 400 and, or 570-something yards, or, or roughly around there. Absolutely playing lights out of his mind. His defense is just bad, which yeah. they, they obviously they traded bad. away I, Roquan Smith. They traded away Robert Quinn. So that was they, interesting to me. Yeah. Is it the Roquan Smith trade? Because, again, Well, you know, I he think requested a trade in the offseason. He did. Here's my thing with it, though. Again, everyone's like, "Oh, he doesn't fit in this defense." I again, you don't adjust no. your players to your scheme. You adjust yeah, your scheme to your players. Yeah, I agree. When you have a player as good as a Roquan Smith or a guy sure. as good as a um, Robert Quinn, a Robert Quinn, yeah. or or a Justin Fields, even um, I don't know. I I think with I don't know. I'm not an NFL GM. And <laughs> yeah. like you said, he did ask for uh, he did ask yeah. for a trade in the and, off season. At first, they didn't grant it, and as the season went on, I think the Bears yeah. just kind of realized that it would be more beneficial yeah. just to trade him. Um, uh, about seven or eight minutes left in hour number two. Let's head back to the Auburn Bank phone line. Drew, who do we have on there? One moment. Philip from Auburn. All right. Philip from Auburn has called into the show. New guy. Philip, how you doing today? Hey, Bill. How are you? We're, we're doing great. Good deal. Good deal. Kind of to piggyback on what y'all were talking about um, with the coaches who lose 10% every year after 10 years, do, would you say the guys that are at the top of this list – have done about all they can do where they are. I mean, does that make sense? I personally don't think Lane Kiffin can do any more than he's done at Ole Miss in future years. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I, when looking at Ole Miss and something like that, you, with there's definitely a ceiling on that program, right? We were talking about it a little bit earlier. They haven't won the SEC since 1963. They haven't. They haven't. They've never been to the SEC championship game. They haven't won a national title since segregation ended. Uh, There's definitely a ceiling at a program like Ole Miss. So when you talk about a guy who hasn't won any big games, is it possible to win big games? Is it possible uh, for those contracts to kind of come through, those big to earn those big money contracts in the way that a school like Auburn or Alabama would be able to throw around? So I think with, with what you're asking, there's definitely – there's definitely a ceiling on what Lane Kiffin can do at a school like Ole Miss. I 
think from a consistency standpoint, people keep asking, well, what has he done? What games has he won? He's done extremely well, if you ask me, to be at Ole Miss. That's definitely. My, I guess yeah. that's my point. Most definitely. Absolutely. I think what they're on pace to win 10 games. They won 10 games last year. This would be the first time uh, Ole Miss has won 10 games in back-to-back seasons since those 1960 seasons, I believe. So, uh yeah, consistency. He has elevated the ceiling at Ole Miss, but the ceiling is still there. Yeah, well, if, if, if that guy has a defensive coordinator and can recruit to, to the too, too deep level, there's no telling what he's capable of doing, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Don't think he's had, I just don't think he's had the ability on defense to be too deep. And then with the attrition and, and, and injuries, I don't know how you can compare what he would be capable of doing at Auburn, so to speak, recruiting-wise, to what he can do at Ole Miss. I just personally don't think that's even a, an argument. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. The 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 talent. I, John Cohen said it in his inter- introductory press conference. You draw you draw about a 150 200 square mile circle around Auburn University, and you're talking about some of the best talent in the world. You go up to Oxford, Mississippi, the talent is there. There's great players in Mississippi, and you can reach outside, but it's not nearly as no, many. It's a lot harder to find. Auburn, Auburn being what an hour and a half from Atlanta is such a big advantage because, I mean, you're, you're talking about one of the greatest uh, recruiting pools in the in the country. And then you're, you're right above yeah. Florida, which, uh, which has more of the same, and you can reach into Louisiana and Texas and pull guys out of there. So... The ability to recruit around Auburn is it's better. It's simply better. The talent acquisition is easier here. I think when we hired Harson, I want to say he was about our fifth choice. And don't quote me on that. But I think we got a chance for a home run hire, to yeah. be honest with you right now. And the timing with the new facility that's been built, and I just can't imagine a guy not wanting to come here right yep. now. I think there's a, another thing to go along with that. Auburn's NIL collective ha, has absolutely yeah. hit the ground running since they've gotten since they've kind of gotten unified and more or less gotten their act together. I talked about it on yesterday's show. Uh, you had the ten, you had the thirty million dollar initiative that you planned over three years. Well, in the first month of that thing, you got thirteen million. So you're a third of the way through one month into your thirty six month plan. And look, if you if you go out and get a guy like Lane Kiffin, watch how quickly you can blow past thirty million dollars. I don't know. I, I'm just—he's been my choice ever since. I'm, I, I coached offense for a long time, and that 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 he puts on the field is very difficult to stop when he gets it rolling. Now, does he make boneheaded decisions? Sure, every coach does. But you put a defense with that guy, and and you you're just gonna spell a lot of trouble for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I. I'm, I've been wondering who uh, who he thought his defensive coordinator would be. If 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 you got Lane Kiffin, if you're Lane Kiffin, who are you trying to hire as your defensive coordinator? Because I I think you go after uh, who? What's his name? What's his name? The guy who was at Florida. He's at South Carolina. He's at Georgia now. Muschamp. Will Muschamp. Yeah, Will Muschamp yeah, is a name that I've heard a lot of people that, say. He's he's been one that I've I've really really liked for a long time. Now you start pitting egos with egos, and that can be. <laughs> That can be a mess, but For sure. I, I, I think Mus- I was talking to somebody earlier today about Muschamp. There's a great video if you'll watch. You can pull up with Muschamp. We were playing at Arkansas when he was our DC. That guy 
is epitomizes what it means to be a defensive coordinator. Yeah. You ought to pull it up and check Ab- it out. It's hilarious. Absolutely, he's he is he's a threat to blow up at any time. And you know, I think every defensive <laughs> coordinator has a little bit of crazy in him. And I think Will yeah. Muschamp 100% exemplifies that. Yeah, his his picture is next to uh, that in the in the dictionary. <laughs> so anyway, I appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a good one. Uh, yes, thank you, too. Thank you, you too. Thank you. That was Philip, you said? Philip from Auburn? Yes. Philip from Auburn. So thank you to Philip for calling in. I, I believe he meant to call into the drive on ESPN 1067 because uh, he called us Bill and then said we were talking about things that we hadn't talked about. But yeah, you know, I, it's an interesting question. Who do you who do you want the defensive coordinator to be? I think Will Muschamp is a name that people have thrown around. Kevin Steele is a is a guy who had a lot of success when he was here, but Definitely. there was also the attempted coup <sighs> after the firing of Gus Malzahn. Just, yeah, there's a lot of turmoil yeah. with that name. Don't, I don't know. Don't Will Muschamp, and I don't think Will Musch. I think Will Muschamp has tried his hand at head coaching, and it's just not, not worked out. Yeah, it's not. For it's him. just not worked out. But I mean, you know, good every, defensive mind, a very good defensive yeah, coordinator, sure. and I, I'd take him again uh, immediately if he wanted to come here. And I, he's a really good recruiter too. And yes. I think I think uh, you look back, he was only here for one for one year. But the, the thing about Muschamp's defense that sucked, and the reason that Auburn's defense wasn't as good as it could have been, is because his entire defense is built to funnel to one guy. And it's, the, it's supposed to be the best player on the defense. He calls it a star linebacker. It's essentially your edge guy. Um, and that was Carl Lawson. Well, Carl Lawson got hurt like three games into that season. But for those first three games, Carl Lawson was playing out of his mind in that defense. But, right. you know. Uh, it was unfortunate timing in that one. I would love to see Will Muschamp get another chance and maybe go, hey, maybe the head coaching thing's not for you. Just come make a living as Auburn's defensive coordinator. I- I'd take that immediately. Well, that will do it for hour number two. Uh, a lot of fun conversation there. A new caller. Um, talked about the NFL a little bit. That's going to be hour number two. We've got one more hour to go when we come back. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Hour number three of Sports Call getting set to go right darn now. One more hour of the show left. Give us a call at 334. Hold on. Hold on. Where's the card? I want to read it right. Here we go. All of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Give us a call. 
to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at one 9 tiger 9 Auburn Bank is proud to be the sponsor of the Sports Call phone line. So give us a call if you want to be on the show. Who's going to be the Braves shortstop next year? Dansby Swanson. You think so? Yeah. I, I think I think it's either going to be Dansby Swanson, Trey Turner, or Vaughn Grissom. I think it's going to be one of those two. think we can get Trey Turner? I think we can get Trey Turner, yeah. The Braves have said they're going to increase payroll. They're going to sign guys. So then we might as well just re-sign Dansby. I think Trey Turner is better than Dansby. He he is. I'm not. I don't disagree with you, but Dansby's been with us. So I I, I know I know so. I, I understand. I, like yeah, be be loyal to you your know, guys, but yes. if you got a chance to go out there and get a generational shortstop, and if he doesn't play hardball. You know, give him the contract. He's earned it. Yeah, I mean, I would I would rather save money and get another starting pitcher. But if you have an opportunity to get Trey Turner. But what's the point in saving money if the payroll's going to increase anyway? Well, so then why not go get Trey Turner instead of Dancer Swanson? I, just, I don't know. I guess I'm. I guess. Familiarity. I guess. I, huh? Familiarity. Familiarity is great, I, I, but I, I it's baseball. Guys in, have 162 right. games to I learn each other. In, I believe in. I believe in keeping the guys that have gone through your your farm system and come up and and you know he's from Georgia. It's just. I think that's just it's just a lot in my head that I would and if I'm Dansby, I think he wants to stay a break. I think Dansby wants to stay a break. You know, and, and if he wants to stay and he is a very good short shortstop. He's very he's good. He's, he's a top five. Okay. He's a top five. He's not Trey Turner, okay. You know, but top five is still really damn good. It's very good. <laughs> so it's very good. I, I'm not saying Dansby I, Swanson's bad, I'm just saying Trey Turner's better. I, he is. He is. And I and I get that. But I, I still see that Dansby will be our shortstop come open okay. day. Who do you think? Do you, who are some free agents that you think the Braves should look at? Because I immediately I go to Jacob Degrom. Right, right. right? Everybody wants to see you Degrom got, in a Braves. You see how that's going to go. Um, obviously, Degrom, generational pitcher. Um, I I kind of want to look up just overall baseball free agents. Yeah, because I know on yesterday's show they had a during the second hour they did an entire thing on top twenty five. Takes. Free, free, free agents predictions or whatever. Uh, just twenty five like weird, crazy things that may or may not happen uh, regarding baseball. Some of them free agent related, some of them not. Um, I'd like for us to get a sh- get a shot at bringing back um, Jock, Jock Peterson. Yeah, I'd like I, I'd like to bring back Jock Peterson. I think Jock Peterson is a guy who's going to sit on your bench most of the year. I, I That's don't. Fine. I don't think Jock Peterson is a guy that you really need to target. I think there are a million Jock Petersons. You know. From a personality standpoint, no, absolutely no, not. But from but a baseball ability standpoint, but that's what I'm thinking because it. it, it you want to pay a guy millions of dollars because he's got a good personality. It doesn't have, to, but it doesn't have to be. He can swing million. a little bit yeah, still. Yeah, and he can. Still he he can swing, but yeah. it, I mean, he's going to hit what two twenty. Have to be millions. Of he's going dollars. to hit two twenty. He's going to pay. He's going to play decent defense. Time to one year deal. He's, yeah, he's going to hit 15, 20 home runs. I, there are bigger names out there. That's what I'm looking at. It, Aaron know. Judge. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, if you can go <laughs> yeah. get Aaron Judge, he's a better he's a better outfielder than Jock Peterson. Look, man. I I, I think I, he's going to end up being a Yankee. I th- yeah. I don't think Aaron Judge is going you don't anywhere. Think so? I think right. he, I think he might look at San Francisco. Yeah, that's the one place that uh, they're like trying to go all in on him, but it, it's it's almost impossible it's for me to area. picture Aaron Judge in a non-Yankees uniform yeah, at this point. Um, but for for what it's worth, we said the same thing about guys like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and. You know, that's yeah, that that, that kind of thing. It, it happens. happens sometimes, and we all get used to it. And I feel like it happens more often in 
baseball than yeah. any other yeah. sport, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's not a lot of – like, we definitely thought that Dan's – or not Dan's, excuse me, that Freddie was going to be a brave yeah. throughout the entirety of, of his career, and it just did not work out that way. And I think a lot of us – you know, we a lot of us were hurt by that. You know, yeah. at the same time, we were like, man, that's that sucks and that's unfortunate. But that's just kind of how it is in baseball, that, that they don't just – they don't just stay yeah. in the same place. Very few guys – I mean, that's why – Chipper Jones was such a revelation because he was a Brave for his entire career, drafted by the right. team and played for him for however many years, and that was so unusual. I'm sorry, I'm getting distracted. I'm watching Michigan and Pittsburgh. <laughs> We've got a TV pulled up in here, and I'm just watching both of these team miss, teams miss threes over and over. It's insane. But I don't know. What are... So pitching rotation, yeah, right. You think we should we should? Look yeah, I think that. I think you need another starter, even if it's not Jacob Degrom. You need another starter, um, and you did just give away Jake Odorizzi. So yeah. you are you are saying, hey, we're not, going to get a different starter. Yeah, not necessarily going to miss him either. Yeah, I mean he he was um, fine, but a lot of people have talked about Carlos Rodon. Mm-hmm. Um, he could potentially from from San Francisco could potentially be a good good guy to target. Uh, he's been. What do y'all want to do about the closer good. situation? I heard you talking about closers Dude. on yesterday's show. Kershaw is or not Kershaw? Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I saw. I literally just read uh, Clayton Kershaw. Kenley Jansen is really, really good. Uh, we know that generational save or uh, generational closer. We know that. There's no disagreeing to that. But um, oh my gosh, his name just slipped yeah, my mind. Iglesias. Yeah. It, um, it, uh, is um about to say Gabriel Iglesias, not him, not the comedian, <laughs> the comedian. not the comedian. <laughs> um, Iglesias, who was really really good for us at the end of the season, and I feel like yeah. he would. I I don't think we don't we don't have to pay him as much. Which again, you know, yeah. payroll's expanding. Maybe that doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. But I think the plan with Iglesias money is still something that matters. Yeah, I, 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 can't I, agree I with think you on that. I think Iglesias was he, his, the plan for him was to be the stu- the closer. After last year, uh, right. the, and Kenley Jansen came in on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. He was good, but he's also like 48 years old. I don't know if yeah, he's got exactly. it anymore. You know, well, I, if if you can have a guy who's young and is maybe not as good, but is going to be really good and is a cheaper option than, like you said, a guy who's mo- who is almost certainly going into the Hall of Fame at yeah. some point. I, I would rather go Iglesias and you know spend that money elsewhere. I think you do want to bring in at least one more reliever and at least one more starter. So if you can get Kenley Jansen off your payroll and expand a little bit more money right. or expand a little bit of your influx, which, again, it's so weird to me because baseball does not have a salary cap. You don't – Right, there's – You there's don't need, no need – Yeah, you don't, you don't need to obviously bat, save money in baseball. To, right, and obviously you want to avoid a bad contract, but that's right. for every sport. And you never know if anything is truly going to work out or doesn't work yeah. out or how that goes. Um so I, I'm, uh, I, it's a dilemma, but I guess it's a good dilemma to have. Yeah, you know because you don't necessarily you have two options that could be you know solid closers. Maybe you end up keeping both. Um, Rysel, that's it. Rysel Iglesias. Rysel Iglesias, nice. Yeah, that was um, bothering me. <laughs> I didn't even look that up. It was up, bothering me a little bit too. I was kind of, um, it was I was kind of sitting there thinking, but yeah, I I, I don't see why. Uh, I don't see why. You know, if we don't, if we keep both, that's fine. But I think we should see what Rysel Iglesias has um, because Kenley Jansen is always going to demand a lot of money. 
right? Yeah. So if you can get something, if you can get the production that's the same, just cheaper, then why not? Yeah. Yeah, and that's for I, I want to be very clear to anybody who's listening. I was mostly playing devil's advocate. I would be perfectly okay with keeping Dansby Swanson. I think he's a great shortstop. I, I think him. Dansby I think hater. if you, <laughs> this guy. I think if you let him go, you need a darn good reason to do so. For sure. Um, well, that's going to be the first segment the of hour Turner number three. Thing was interesting oh, though. I didn't on, see you doing that. I didn't see you coming. I, look, I, I think, I think Trey Turner. Possibility. I think Trey Turner's really, really a great shortstop. I think he's a top three guy. In I Major saw that League he Baseball. might go to the Phillies, which yeah, that would suck. Ugh. That would suck. I want good players to not be in the National League. Yeah, East. right. That's going to do it for this first segment of our number three. When we come back, I'm sure we'll talk about Auburn football. We haven't talked about that enough today. We'll True. do that when we come back. You're listening to Sports Call. of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call, here on Tiger 95.9. Brant Daughtry, Cam Berry, and Drew Behenna running the board for us today, actually, and participating in the show. It's very, very... Good. Uh, tomorrow, I'll go ahead and get this plug in since we haven't plugged it yet on today's show. Tomorrow, uh, Sports Call will be on the road. We will be at the where is it? the Southeast Volunteer Fire Department, I believe is the name of it. We uh, go there every year for the chili dinner that they put on. Um, we do a show from there. We were over there last year. Um, we'll be going again today uh, on uh, tomorrow's show. Drew, you will be back here in our board, uh, in the studio board opping for us to make sure everything goes well. I will be. I'm so still calling. I might stop by. There you go. There you go. You, we're you taking calls tomorrow. We are right? taking calls yeah. tomorrow, yeah. And I'll answer them. So yeah, you will. Call me. You'll uh, <laughs> Call Drew. He's going to be lonely. He's going to be lonely in the studio. He's going to be rocking it, though. Yeah, man. We're going to have a great time uh, over there. That, that was a really good time last year. Got a chance to to tour the fire department as well. Uh, and, you know, chili dinner. Who says no to chili dinner? Did you did you go down the pole? I did not go down the pole, no. Was there a pole? I don't think there was a pole. I could be I could be misremembering. This was over a year ago at this point. But I don't think there's a pole. If they do have, one. like, bunks and stuff like that. It's really cool. Like, they people can spend the night up there. They have a study area because, again, it's a volunteer fire department. Most of the firefighters up there are students at the university. So, uh, they, you know, guys doing guys doing really cool things with their lives. Captain Tom is going to be oh, showing yeah. us around. Tom Peavy is the captain over there of the of the, the fire department. So 
that is why we get that in. That is why we go do that every year. Um, so an awesome opportunity. Yeah, seriously, a really, really great opportunity. Um, Auburn football fired Brian Harson a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Since then, rumors have flown about. Rumors have flown out of my mouth. I have I have pushed several of these rumors. Brand I'm has not perpetuated. I, I have perpetuated <laughs> I have perpetuated a few rumors, mostly the ones that end in the the way that I want them to. <laughs> so, guys, who would you like as head? Coach, I Brand? I don't think well, we've you, talked. You, we have we talked enough about like that. I want Lane Kiffin so bad I can taste it. Um, we can talk about it more. We could. T- I mean, it's, I feel like that's what we're going to be doing until Brand. either he's hired or he's not. So right, right, right. I, uh, yeah, I'm in love with Lane Kiffin. Phil called in earlier. He said, "Look, I'm a former offensive guy. That's awesome. I, I, I've considered going into coaching. I've talked about that on this show before. Uh, I would be an offensive coach as well. Um, coach Daughtry. Lane Lane Kiffin's, yeah, baby. Uh, coach Daughtry is my dad, actually. Thank you. But um, <laughs> Coach Daughtry too. Yeah, Co- Coach Brent. Anyway, <laughs> anyway." He, he he talked about how Lane Kiffin's offense just it does so much. What what I love about it is he he's able to evolve. Right, you go right. and look at his offenses at USC. He evolves with the game. Yeah, and, and you know it was so West Coast and everything under center and throwing it no more than seven yards and all that yada yada. And then he go and then you know he doesn't have success in the NFL. But then he goes uh, from to Tennessee and they're doing okay. And then he goes back to USC and it's a freaking disaster. Uh, but then, you know, after the Alabama thing, he gets to Alabama, his, his offense is so different than his prior offenses. You know, his, he, he has these scrambling quarterbacks and he's throwing it deep because he's got these wide receivers that can get open deep and he's advancing his offense. Then he goes to Ole Miss and he has Matt Corral and Matt Corral was not a good quarterback before Lane Kiffin got there. And Lane Kiffin puts him in New York. Right. Who did he have at FAU? Who did he have at FAU? I do not know. I wonder who his quarterback was. I have no idea. I did not watch FAU. He had, isn't there a FAU? I don't know if it's quarterback or wide receiver in the NFL that gets playing time. If it's a quarterback, it's obviously a backup because I think we would recognize that. Right. But, I feel like they have turned around some NFL players, which is... Guys want to play for Lane Kiffin, man. His offense is exciting, and his offense evolves. He he does so much that's just hard to stop. And you look at his offense at Alabama, and then his offense with Matt Corral, and now his offense with Jackson Dart. He does different things. He does what I wish more coaches would do, and he adjusts his offense, or he adjusts his football team, to the talent that is available to him. Jackson Dart has different strengths than Matt Corral, has different strengths than Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Right. And, and the way he's able to adjust to every one of his quarterback strengths, I can't remember if he coached Tua or not. I don't remember that. I don't that. think so. Uh, but I think he was at FAU at that point. Right. Well, e- either way, the guys that he's had, he's adjusted their hit, the, his offense to their For strengths. Sure. And, and sure. If he comes in, I would like. I, I think he's going to bring in a different quarterback. If he does come to Auburn, I don't think he's going to stick with Robbie Ashford. But if he does, I imagine you're going to see him do the things that Robbie Ashford's really good at, which is throwing the ball deep and running it. Uh, and right. that that's what I love about Lane Kiffin. He, he's multiple. He's he, malleable. He adjusts yeah. very well. He adapts to the game. He adapts both to the modern offense and to the talent that he has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That adapting to the talent that you have is something that's huge. And I know it's been talked about a decent amount with all the rumors, but 
think back to how different the team was good last year, Ole Miss. Think back to how different that team was from it is yeah. today. And yeah. This whole year, it's it's a not a whole different lineup, but you lost your Heisman he, yeah. Trophy finalist yeah, quarterback. He re-upped yeah. and is still All able to be few, successful. A yeah. few very important position players, and yeah, I mean, there it didn't look like a turnaround, although it was. I mean. Yeah, they've overperformed massively. Yeah, I, I've I've said it before, and I think Tennessee is another great example of this. If you have a good system, if you have a good system, you good there. Oh yeah, <laughs> I just had to make sure that it didn't fall. We're good. <laughs> you you have the right system, and you get in the right quarterback to run that system. You can turn things around in a hurry Thanks. on offense. Uh, and I mean, obviously, you have to have the right supporting cast, but those are the two hardest things: the right system and the right quarterback to go along with it. And Everyone wanted to see, well, Lane Kiffin has improved Matt Corral, but Matt Corral was already there. So what do you do when you have to go to somebody new? Well, Jackson Dart was okay at USC, but he has improved in his time at Ole Miss. And I think he's – I think that's just another example of Lane Kiffin's been good. Lane Kiffin's been really good. Uh, and I want him at Auburn desperately. Who do you guys – we talked about it a little bit. Will Muschamp is a name that I've thrown out there. Do, do you all have anybody else that you all would like to see as defensive coordinator if Lane Kiffin gets hired? Because Lane Kiffin's an offensive guy. He's going to be – he's going to take care of the offense. But most offensive guys don't really like to go and meddle with the defense. Right. Gus Malzahn being a prime example. He never touched the defense for sure, for sure. from the time he got here to the time he left. Uh, and – you know, if you're who do you want to be the head coach of the defense, essentially? Um, so it's I don't know how likely this is, given that his name is being tossed around so much for a uh, head coaching role. But uh, Baylor um, Grimes, is that a possibility? Jeff Grimes is an offensive guy. So, he's, no, he's not. the he's the <laughs> offense. So no. He's the offensive coordinator at Baylor. Um, and, offensive but, line. I was thinking yeah. defensive line. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. He uh, was the offensive line guy at Auburn. Is now the offensive coordinator. Uh, has been at several places. Uh, I I don't know. Our friend Austin Scott brings up a really good point. Travis Williams. Yeah, that's I was Travis say Williams. T. Will. Yeah. T. Will. Uh, he's. I mean, it, what he did with Auburn's linebacker room was super impressive. Yeah. He's been the defensive coordinator at UCF, and he is now up for the Bryles Award for yeah. a top assistant in all of college football. He's done a great job. I like his defense a lot. Bring he's an, back T. Will. He's an incredible recruiter. I wouldn't mind T. Will at all. And I, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with adding some Auburn flavor. No, not at all. And I, I think that's a good that's a good starting point if you're if you're Kiffin and you bring in somebody like T. Will, you got love because they're like you're bringing in a former player and he's yeah. accomplished, right? Yeah. And he's, he's been, been a successful. defensive coordinator. Yes. And he he knows was a how position coach. He was a position coach. He went to a small school to be a defensive coordinator. He now comes to a big school to be a defensive coordinator. That is the correct path to take, and he even if home. he has been a little bit fast-tracked. And he comes home. And I think that will be <laughs> the absolute best uh, best case scenario. Austin also wants to throw out our friend yeah. Trevon yeah. Reed, <laughs> who <laughs> has never been a position coach. I would love to see Trevon Reed in an on-field role. Uh, maybe as like a, a corner corners coach or something, yeah. corners or he safeties coach. coach. Yeah, for sure. I think I think he could pull that off in a heartbeat. Oh um, yeah, he wants to be a coach, so he's yeah. he's already he's in there. He's he's about to work his way. Yeah, he's he's about to get some opportunities. I think here soon, yeah. if not with Auburn, with somebody else. But I'd love to see it with Auburn. Yeah, and and he had um, I remember in the off season there was talk of him leaving Auburn to go somewhere else to the point where Auburn ended up giving him a pay raise. Yep. So that makes it that says like hey the the rumors were out there the rumors were legit um 
Austin would like to clear up that that one's not as serious as <laughs> as Travis Williams. T-Wib. Which which is understandable. But yeah, I think Travis Williams, I think Will Muschamp is another guy. I would love to get Rodney Garner back on Rodney campus. Rodney Garner. Uh, yep. He's been a position coach for like 30-something years now. He's never been a coordinator. I would love to see him get an opportunity as a coordinator for the first time. I think that would be a... I, I think he's another guy who's been an excellent recruiter. He gets great results. I think you need to win the line of scrimmage before you win anything else in football. There are a lot of great names out I'll there. Pose, I'll pose a question. Do you think that under new leadership, Derek Mason would have any interest in returning? I doubt it. I don't I don't think Auburn wants Derek Mason yeah, back. Really? Yeah, well, I mean, you look at what he's done at Oklahoma State. It's been a disaster. Yeah, they're, they're he wasn't great. He was not great in his time at Auburn, and now he's under Mike Gundy, and it's not looking any better. It's actually looking significantly worse. T-Rob. Austin says. T-Rob. Yeah, Javaris T-Rob. Robinson. I remember when he left how heartbroken I was. I, I loved T. Rob uh, in his time when he was at Auburn. What, where's Wesley McGriff so right now? What's Wes McGriff doing right now? Where's Crime Dog? I have no Is he? Idea. I, he might be at Ole Miss with Kiffin. I know he was at Ole Miss at one point. Wesley McGriff. Wesley McGriff. Code, yeah, He's at Louisville. Say, yeah. Okay. Co-defensive Co- coordinator. Co-defensive coordinator. Coach at Louisville. Yeah. Wesley McGriff had a lot of success as the secondary coach at Auburn. I remember. I don't know. That would, that one would be fun. I think there are a lot of great names out there that people are throwing out. There's a plethora of options, and I think that's going to be a good job that a lot of people yeah. are going to want. Offensive to take. coordinator, like, yeah, under offense. Lane Kiffin at Auburn. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, offensive coordinator. Obviously, we feel like Kiffin will probably call plays, right? Yeah, Kiffin. Kiffin's a play caller. He's going to call his but own are plays. We, we, would you think we would still hire an offensive? coordinator? Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. need you need a guy who is I an offensive so coordinator too. who's going to come in. I think you need a quarterback guru who is a really good recruiter and helps you game plan throughout the week. I think that's the job so, of the offensive coordinator. What do you think of the name Joe Brady? I think Joe Brady's happy in the NFL. Joe Brady I, ain't in the NFL no more. He's not? I thought he was quarterback coach for the Bills. Oh, quarterback's coach for the Bills? Oh, you might be right. Yeah, but even still, Ken he's Dorsey. not. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Ken but he's Dorsey not the, was promoted. I was gonna, but he's not he the OC. But, because he was the OC of... Of Carolina, yeah, they fired him. They got fired. They, he was the scapegoat, and then things remained terrible. Matt Rule, Matt Rule. Um, I, I mean, yes, but also if he gets an opportunity to call, I mean, he he was a great play caller with LSU. Well, that's the thing; he wasn't calling plays. Dave Aranda was, was calling. Oh, plays. interesting. I didn't. And know. he was the passing game coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator and passing game coordinator, but he was not the head play caller, right? right? right I think right. he may have called some of the plays. I yeah. think there were situations where he called plays, but he was not the play caller. Like a, and yeah. again, if Lane like Kiffin comes here, Lane Kiffin's call. going to be calling plays. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, if I, I'd give Joe Brady a call For as the sure. OC and let him come in and say, hey, here's what I see. Here's what I think our quarterback can be good at. Here's what we do in the NFL uh, if you have a quarterback that can do things like that. Right. Because um, remember, not everybody's Joe Burrow. But... Yeah, I think Joe Brady's a name that you uh, – he's a, a phone number that you look up for sure. Interesting. Do you think – do you – just spitballing here. Do you yeah, think I mean, Cat- that's that's what the, you, that's what this point is. Yeah, do you the point think, of this is. Do you think Cadillac would be a solid play caller? Just – I mean, okay, so obviously we know Kiffin's going to be calling plays, right? Yeah. You know it's going to be his offense. That would give Cadillac an opportunity to learn situational play calling. And, I mean, even still now – 
I, I don't know if he's necessarily calling the plays now. I don't I don't think Lane Kiffin is the type of guy to say in certain situations I'm going to give up play calling. I think he wants to call gotcha. plays all the time. Okay. It's it's his offense. And he's right. he's going that's to help he's going that's to fair. let guys help him game plan right. and he's going to execute it. I think that's his thing. Uh and, and you know, I totally respect that. I like that about him. Um I think well, I think Cadillac would could be interesting. Cadillac Cadillac is OC. I think you give him more power. It's an excuse to give him a pay raise. He's proven that he can game plan a little bit. Every player that has ever played for him absolutely loves him. I wouldn't hate Cadillac. My only problem with Cadillac is he's been a college coach for three years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's never he's never bit, he does not have a whole lot of experience as a coordinator. He's a position coach. And that's all he's ever been at the college level. Yeah, I think that's all he ever was at the high school level too. He he was the running backs coach at IMG for sure. I don't know. I I don't think Cadillac ends up as the OC. I think he could stay on staff as the running backs coach for sure. Gotcha. I think if you do get rid of Cadillac, you've got to bring in somebody that's you know a, a darn good excuse, right? And so that's what a we talked good, about on yeah. the show on Monday was that you know I think Cadillac should get an opportunity. Whoever we do hire as as the head coach should get an opportunity to stay. Yeah. And, you know, Tom in what, in saying, whatever role, right. Tom was saying, well, you know, we don't want the whole Auburn being Auburn meddling thing still going on. And I'm like, I don't think that would necessarily happen. I don't yeah. think that would be the case. I think that they would, I think personally that would be common sense to keep him. I think with, as with all things, whoever the head coach is ought to have the hot, the power to hire whoever, whoever he want. wants, of course. whoever he wants of for course. every single position. But uh, if you get rid of Cadillac, you better bring in somebody yeah, that makes sense because that's going to be Auburn fans are not going to be happy. Yeah, but you, you know, know people, they'll be happy with winning. Though. Obviously, they'll be happy with winning, right? And and, and that fixes everything as per usual. Mm. But not letting Cadillac stay is something that right. I think would rub a lot of Auburn fans the wrong way. Right. Well, with that, we will take our final. That was a mess. We will take our final break of the show. When we come back, your nightly TV guide. You are listening to Sports Call. Follow us on tweeters. Follow our sports call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at sports call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? We're done paying the bills. Now back to sports call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. The best thing about Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show uh, is that we're also a game of musical chairs constantly every single day of the week. You never know whose voice you're going to hear from at any moment. So I'm back. Welcome back. And you guys have done a great job with the program today. We've got, like, seven or eight minutes left in the show? Yeah. I mean, you know. My endurance. Is what it is. Me, Brant, and Drew just... Put you in a little backpack. No kidding. You guys are carrying me. <laughs> I turn 27 and all of a sudden I start to slow down a little bit. Getting old and I just don't have the endurance to go three hours just anymore. A rickety, you know. Mm. <laughs> Great phone calls today. 334-887-3401 on the Auburn Bank phone line. Uh, let's talk about this. Tomorrow, Brant Daughtry, we're going on the road. We are. To the Southwest Volunteer Fire Department. Southwest, that's on me. 
We talked about this earlier. I called it Southeast. I'm an idiot. I wasn't reading anything. Yeah, it's okay. Um, <laughs> we'll be at the Southwest Volunteer Fire Department on Wire Road. And uh, Tom Peavy. Literally like three miles from my house. Right. He's the captain out there. He is. And we're going there. Yeah, full support of uh, what he's got going on. And uh, it's a chili benefit dinner. Last year we had a whole lot of fun, Brant. The year before we had a lot of fun. The year before that we had a lot of fun. The year before that we had fun. Dang. Did you have fun? I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, we talked about this after yesterday's show, and I think it bears repeating on the show because it do. is very funny. Uh, at that show last year, you and I were talking, oh, yeah. and and Tom was there. And for those who don't know, most people know, Tom is a bartender at Fat Daddy's, which is a bar in, right. on Wire Road. And uh, you and I said the next time Auburn won a game, you and I would go to Fat Daddy's together. Right. Auburn did not win another game that season. <laughs> they, oh, that was the day before the Mississippi State game. Oh, that's funny. And uh, Auburn did it's not like win a game. we're boycotting Tom Peavy. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was part of it, that's right? That we funny. wanted to go to Fat Daddy's to interact yeah, we with wanted, Tom Yeah, we wanted to see Tom. behind the bar. You and I wanted to hang out and see Tom while he was behind the bar. And Tom is a good bartender. I've been there uh, once or twice while he was working. And yeah, that's I gotta, you, you and I did not get a chance to go. I got a recommendation for you. Okay. Make that same promise. The next time Auburn wins a game? Yeah. Yeah. We could do that. Well, with only two weeks left in the season, we better <laughs> hope they beat Western Kentucky. Right. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I'll keep saying it on the show. I'm just not convinced Auburn's going to hang with Alabama. But, but let's save that promise for tomorrow. Yes. Let's have Tom get to be a part of the conversation <laughs> in his setting at the fire department. Is that why Tom's not here today? Yes. Okay. They, He's look, prepping. Because if you remember, when we get there... Like, this is why I want people to come, right? That they will be able, once you get to the door at the fire department, you buy your chili dinner ticket, and then it's however much chili you want to eat. And so, remember how much chili there was last... They're starting preparing tonight for all of the chili that will be served tomorrow evening. And so, yeah, no Wednesday showing for for Tom Peavy. Did you guys tackle a hump day update? We have not. No, we did not. We have okay. not. Can we do that real quick? Because I've never been on a Wednesday show. Yeah. Can we do that real quick? Let's Absolutely. Do it. I'm not sure what the uh, the camels were up to. So if you I'm got, Googling. Okay. I am also Googling. Drew, are you in search of this as well? Yep. Yeah, here we go. We all need to do it. Time for your sports call hump day update on the Campbell Camels football team. Oh, man. Lovely stuff. A hump day update on the Campbell University fighting camels. Having a good season so far, if I recall. They're four and six. Eh, four yeah, and six. Not, a, okay. not as good a season anymore. Uh, Ooh, Mike the- Minter is their head coach, a former Carolina Panthers safety. I'm yeah. a big fan of his. Um, what happened this past week? Uh, Who did they, we play? They played Gardner Webb. That's played right. The, the Bulldogs. running Bulldogs suffered their fourth straight loss. Yeah. No. Yeah. Shootout. Yeah. Shootout. Forty-two to thirty-five. Okay, I like Gardner it. Webb came out on top. What about Hodge Malik Williams? Did he uh, play quarterback? Look at, he Looking, is not. He did not play. Quarterback. He did not play. No, Hodge Malik did not play. Um, Chad Masco yeah. the second. Yep. Freshman yeah. out of Went, Kissimmee, Florida. So went 19 of 33 for 221 yards through one interception was sacked four times, but scored 35 points. But did score 35 points. Let's look at the rushing attack here. Your leading rusher on the day was Bryant Barr. Carried the ball 11 times for 94 yards, scored a touchdown. Where so you got touchdowns from Lama J McDowell, 
Naquari, Rodgers, and Bryant Barr. Those are your three rushing touchdowns. There were five touchdowns scored by Campbell. Where are the other touchdowns from? Because there were no passing touchdowns. Bryant Barr. Um, they got a fumble return touchdown. Okay, defensive score. Yeah, fumble return touchdown. And, uh, oh, two fumble return touchdowns. Okay, two defensive scores. Go Camels. One in the second, one in the third. All right. Interesting. Go oh. Camels. Boy, Go Camels. they're doing better than the Presbyterian Blue Hose, but not by a lot. So, hold on a second. What, what's next? Like, what? who do we got okay, coming up this week? Who does, who six, does Campbell have couple of next? Games left. Let me look. Let me uh, pull up the schedule again. I'm not used to doing this. You kind of sprung it on me. They're at Delaware State. November 19th at 2 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Okay, and you said Bryant Barr was one of their top rushers this past yeah, week. Yeah, he was their okay. leading rusher. Had 11 I, carries for 93 yards I, and a touchdown. I was... He is got their side leading rusher as well. There's another Bryant Barr in sports. Spelled the exact same way. Is there? Uh, Bryant Barr was Steph Curry's running mate at Davidson. Okay. And a really good high school basketball player in the state of North Carolina... And Bryant Barr is now the president of Curry Brand uh, with his college pal, Steph nice. Curry. Wow. So nice. You play college it's a great game together, you get it. put your boys full on. circle, and you put your boys on, and now yeah. he's the president of Curry Brand. So I, I was like, Bryant Barr, is he playing college football now? Totally different guy. Totally different guy. That um, would be something. There you go. There's our hump day update on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. All right, before we get out of here, though, our good pal Drew Bahena, he's going to lead us through our Sports Call Nightly TV guide. Let's see what can happen here. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. All right. What do you got, Drew? Kicking off at 6 p.m. Central, we have Miami, Ohio at Northern Illinois. Maction. On the CBS Sports Network. You guys have a pick in that game? Points. Miami, Ohio. Points. Did you guys see that? Was it the Toledo just bet, game just last night? Just bet the over because it's epic. more fun. About that, yeah. that was epic. Bet the over because it's more fun that way. Is that what you said, Brant? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more fun to just bet the over right, and just points. You want points, 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 yeah. points, points. It, it applies better in college basketball, but yes. At 7 p.m. Central on ESPNU, we have Western Michigan at Eastern Michigan. You, that has to be a rivalry, right? Yes, uh, it's got to be. Yeah. Yes. In, yes. In state schools, I assume. Yes. yes. 630 Central on ESPN. The Boston Celtics head to Atlanta to take on the Hawks. What do we think? Dumb. Damn. It's going to be a dub. Yeah, it's, it's in no, Atlanta. Makes me think Hawks. No Malcolm Brogdon, no Marcus Smart. W. But Jason Tatum. Falcons, Falcons are alert. Jason Tatum Falcons. can drop 40. It doesn't but matter. But Jalen Brown. Falcons. Jalen Brown. Falcons. I said Falcons and then I said Hawkins. <laughs> Hawks are, Hawks are learning how to win games without Trey Young and yeah. uh, DeJounte Murray combining for 50 points. So <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. It's the, be I, I like Atlanta. All right, Hawks. Right after that on ESPN, we got an NBA double feature with the Golden State Warriors heading to Arizona to take on the Phoenix Suns. That oh, game starts at 9 p.m. Central. If Dubs. you guys remember about two and a half weeks ago, they played one another. Klay Thompson and Devin Booker were trash-talking yeah. the entire time, and Klay Thompson remember. got ejected. Yeah. Ah. I can't wait to see that renewed. I, mean, I don't can't watch wait the to NBA unless renewed. it's the Hawks. They so didn't I say they didn't. They don't 
not they love each other like, they don't dislike each other either it like, was yeah, intense i was like fighting. let's go this is great basketball competitors i love it and then teed up and you got to get out of here speaking of great basketball we got some men's college basketball 11 texas at number two gonzaga at 8 30 central on espn2 top nice. 10 or top 15 battle there yeah. wow texas gonzaga gonna be fun and then on the movie side of things we have Deadpool, if you're a Marvel fan, starting Great at movie. 6.30 Central. Yes. Uh, it's on FX, released in 2016, starring Ryan Reynolds as I am provided by Brooks Childress, the only Brooks <laughs> Childress <laughs> contribution <laughs> of the nightly TV guy. Uh, at 6 p.m. Central on VH1, we have Are We There Yet, released in 2016, starring Ice Cube. Did you guys see those movies? Yes. Not, there was no. an Are We There Yet and Are We Done Yet, I believe, yes. with Ice Cube. I loved it. Yeah, they That was good a good movies. movie growing I up. When did that release? Seen those movies. 2016. Yeah. And then finally, at 7 p.m. Central on AMC, another great Marvel pick, Spider Man, the original, and released 2002, starring Tobey Maguire and Kristen Toby. Dunst. The, uh, the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies are fantastic. Yeah, I like the new ones too, to be fair. Yeah. No, so oh, yeah, yeah, guy I, I brought to you great. by our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Good stuff there. Absolutely love it. Make sure you stop by your local TK's convenience store to pick up a variety pack of White Claw. All right, we're on the road tomorrow, hanging out at the Southwest Volunteer Fire Department. Make sure you come by and say hello to us for the Chili Benefit Dinner. Drew, thanks for being here, pal. Of course. Cam Berry, you're yes, the sir. best. Oh, yeah, I try to be. Best of luck to your Hawks this evening. Dub. Talk to you on Friday. Yes, sir. Brant Daughtry. Hello. I'll see you tomorrow. You will. You and I will be on our best behavior. Nope. <laughs> the Ducks won in overtime last night Quack. over the Red Wings. They did. Yes. They did. I actually Big was win. keeping up with that game. Big win for the, the Ducks. Ducks. The Ducks are not good, but they are going on a bit they of a hot streak here. They have yet to win a game that's not in overtime. What Never won a regulation this what season. That? But they have won like four of their last but five. But they have that's won four sick. of their last five all Something in overtime. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. We'll have fun. We'll see you tomorrow. That's going to do it for Cam Berry, Brant Daughtry, and Drew Bahena. I'm JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.